welcome to Critapocalypse episode 138, and for this episode we're going to do something slightly different at the beginning. I'm not going to ask you vague questions, Anne. Instead, I'm going to take you to a magical land. How do you feel about that? What? So I'm going to take you to a magical land where not only is the postal service replaced by wild animals, but we have centaurs, unicorns, spirits wander our plane of existence and interact with us on a daily basis. How does that sound? It sounds incredible, doesn't it? It sounds magical. Sounds like there'd be a lot of fleas. Wizards can live for hundreds of years, and the only real... Sco- Why any wizards? Pardon? Why any wizards? Oh, I'm witches. Sorry. Wizards, witches, non-binary wizards aren't invited. But we'll get to that in a second. But you can live in this magical land, and anything you can imagine, you can essentially create a spell for. How's that sound? Are you talking about Harry Potter again? I'm talking about Harry Potter again. How's that sound, though, Anne? Sounds like a waste of time. So you'd think that someone who could create that, which there are... Sp- there are some spe- there's some speculation out there that most of it was stolen. But imagine if someone who could create that magical world could then somehow. I know where not- she got the name from. <laughs> Harry Potter's a character in Troll. Yeah, um, but imagine if someone could could envision this world, this magical place, and 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 take ownership of it. But somehow they couldn't imagine a world where science was able to to help a person live possibly their only happy happy life, and instead of you know, somehow supporting those people, you know, she instead decided to hurt them, disenfranchise them, lie about their lifestyle and the potential for their happiness, and the process for reaching some sort of semblance of happiness. What would you think about that, Anne? I wouldn't give a shit. Tell her to get in the bin. <laughs> so JK Rowling's a transphobe now. Who <laughs> has that been? That's been a thing for years. I know, but it's so much worse now. She's writing fucking essays on it. Yeah, she's Graham in the hands off Twitter now, so I know someone's got to take up the mantle. She's got to double down, transphobe fucking. And then after her, it'll be Jonathan Ross or something. Yeah, and Mitchell is it? Who is it? Um, not David Mitchell. He's the good one. It's Robert Webb, isn't it? That's yeah. also a transphobe. Yeah, I can't remember. It's one of the two. Yeah, Jesus though. I mean, it's a weird time to live in, isn't it? Because I don't know if Jesus is, <laughs> but I mean. Like the the thing that I always come back to when it comes to stuff like this is there are people out there that say like oh you know they're not women they're not men well they mostly don't focus on trans men because science has gotten to a point where you can make someone for all intents and purposes look and, and sound like a man so they tend to avoid that because they don't worry about that but when a trans woman someone who is for all intents and purposes been out as a woman you know express themselves as a woman and uses women's facilities that's a problem what like Tea and coffee making machines. Yeah, yeah like tea and coffee like making machines. The oven. Oh, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be trans only. <laughs> Just doing some sexist humour here. Cis only, trans only. That's all they'll have. What kind of women's facilities? <laughs> oh, like the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, 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 outdated humour for no, it's terrible ways. At least we're at least we're. Acknowledging Imagine her outdated. Yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah. It's basically you're just making jokes that 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 J.K. Rowling would make, but. It, it, you know, like, it blows my mind that we live in a time... When you become a trans man, you get handed a wrench. <laughs> you handed your dick in a box. You have to attach it yourself. No, it, it, it boggles my mind that we're in a time when we've seen people 3D print organs using using cells that they can develop in a small Petri dish. And someone goes, you're not a woman! <laughs> like, all of science has come together to eventually culminate into a situation where you have some semblance of happy happiness and some some semblance of the body that you feel like you're meant to be born in, and I don't respect that. But if I was to need a kidney or two, <laughs> suddenly... 
They they're trying to spread a thing now that um, trans because they can do tra- womb, womb transplants. Yeah, and the transphobes are trying to spread that they're going to have trans women trying to steal women's wombs. It's like like the freaking trans men haven't been planning to give them away. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it it boggles the fucking mind, doesn't it? And like it it is always one of those things. It's always a sexist argument. It's like mm-hmm. no one's thought of the women and children and all this other shit. And it's just it's the same shit that they said back when homophobia was rampant. Still is fairly rampant nowadays. To be fair. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's the exact same argument. You just, you just, you just, you know, control R, just replace smaller, <laughs> replace homophobia with transphobia, and the, you know, the arguments are the same, the, the talking points are the same, and it's so fucking despicable. It's so despicable because it's all bad faith arguments. It's all stuff like, what's to stop a man from suddenly saying he's a woman? Well, J.K. Rowling do. She wrote. Um, she was abused by her partner, so she doesn't feel safe in female spaces where men are, men are present. But the problem is that she's. Also saying that trans women are men. What's she men. famous for? Oh, Harry Potter. No, Hatsune Miku wrote that. Oh, yeah, so she did. Um, well, apparently right now she's writing a novel, which is about a detective who's roughly the age where trans trans um, subject matters and trans conversations would be happening in, refer- in reference to her. She's writing a novel about that, and that character is going to somehow be interacting with trans people. And she's spoken to what she said is her one trans friend who doesn't mind the fact that she doesn't think she's a full person. Oh, sorry. She wouldn't refer to her trans friend as she, would she? Yeah. It would be he, because she's a transphobic bigot. Mm. What a cunt. Mm. I really can't get over it. I hope she falls over. She won't fall over, but she's already hemorrhaging money. I mean, like, mm. when you regress, you don't... You don't like sort of fold into society properly. You just you regress. You stick back. You sit in that little corner. I'm sure she'll be fine with her millions and millions of pounds. Well, the funny thing is that have you seen that now that it's coming out that she may not her story may not be as um, may not be as triumphant as she originally wrote it because you've heard the story right? She was in a council flat. She had no money. She was a single parent. She just got divorced. She couldn't work and she wrote Harry Potter and then suddenly she's just yeah apparently her family's like super rich mm. and she was doing really well for What's herself her name's Rowling yeah that's, I know that's a rich person name well uh, but yeah so apparently all that's bullshit and like and it's just it's just sad it's just no, sad I thought she was a middle class I mean no, school, primary no, her school story teacher. was always story was always she was Jenny from the block no ah yeah how fucking crazy though but no give a shit I mean, the fuck off. it goes about saying that trans women are women and we're not cunts. Trans men are men. We're not cunts. We don't want to start trying to make anyone else's life harder. Gendered slurs. What is the original old-timey phrase that cunt refers to? What does uh, it mean? Quim would be the one that you would use in the old days. No, but I mean, like, what was cunt originally? That's why I thought it was amazing that the Avengers film had yeah. Yulin <laughs> Little Yulin Quim, Quim in it. And I was like, whoa, didn't hang also, on. Didn't uh, Robert Downey Jr. also reference Prima Nocta? I don't know, man. And I'm just going to quickly put in the origins of cunt. And it's your review first this week. Um, Shall I say what we do first? Yeah, you haven't mean you've wasted seven minutes. So uh, Okay, well, uh, we usually record a podcast every couple of weeks where we talk about stuff and things. We, re- we review four things each. Uh, TV, video games, books, music, films, whatever. It was really out at that time. Because we're in a global pandemic, I mean, the fuck is there to review? But, I mean, I guess we're going to find out now with Ant's first review. Um, can you hand me my Transformer? No. For fuck's sake. I need my Transformer. No, you don't. Just do the review. I'm going to review my Transformer. Is it the one I bought you? No, you didn't buy me a Transformer. What are you fucking talking about? That's oh, it's a Power Ranger. That's a friggin' okay. Beast Morph of Me- Ultra Megazord. Oh, okay. So, cunt comes from the Dutch. Kont meaning buttocks. 
Mm. But apparently, um, apparently, originally it was tied to the Indian goddess Kunti, who uh, the word was evolved from the Old Norse Kunta, referring to vulvas, with many variations existing in other Germanic and Scandinavian languages, including Danish, Kunta, and the modern use of Kant in Dutch, meaning buttocks. Well, anyway, am I supposed to try and review a Transformer yeah, without review a Transformer. visual aids? Well, no, you're going to talk... Well, it's a fucking podcast. Talk about the Transformer. What is it? Which Transformer the is it? bright orange one. I don't see a bright orange Transformer. It's bright orange. I don't see a bright orange Transformer. What are you talking about? It's very orange. I see a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah, next Leonardo. Leonardo. There's no turtles over there. And then you got... You got this guy. I think I bought you this as well. Yeah, because you keep... Got you that guy. I got you that guy. <laughs> oh, I got you that guy as well. And that guy. You're not even talking towards the microphone. Sorry. Freaking... I'm pointing at the stuff that I've bought. I'm living vicariously through you enjoying stuff that I want, but don't really want. Well, I bought myself a Transformer. Yeah, you did. Earthrise figure, grapple, brand new figure. Mm-hmm. Came out last month. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If it was Inferno, I would have jumped at it, but it wasn't. But then I looked over some of the other figures around, and like the deluxe class ones, they're charging the same price for as these Voyager class ones. That's the height class. Cool. Like, the Legends Deluxe Voyager. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll get a grapple. It's the same price as the others. Fine. I've got money on a gift voucher. Treat myself. Yeah. Grapple, right, in the original Transformers series, well, the Diaclone toys, but Transformers, there was um, two, like, uh, construction vehicle type things. There was a fire engine, which was Inferno. Yeah. And there was Grapple, who was the construction one with the ladder. He had a hook instead of a ladder. And that's who I got. And it's a really cool figure. He's slightly the wrong shade of orange, but I won't hold that against him. Um, and Earthrise, they're doing this whole thing. Earthrise is the second series of the War for Cybertron mm-hmm. collection. Siege was last year. Okay. And Siege's whole thing was uh, Cybertronian forms for classic characters. So, you know, I've got a Springer up there. I've got Starscream. Both of them have Cybertronian-looking vehicles rather than Earth vehicles. And Earthrise is supposed to be when they've crash-landed on Earth in the 80s. Yeah. So all the vehicles are like 1980s-style cars and stuff, which is pretty neat. They're going for a retro look. It is Generation 1 again, which is what they've been doing with Transformers for the last 15 years. But you know what? It's what the dads buy. And that seems to be their market, as far as I can tell. Because right. you don't see these in toy shops. They're never in toy shops. But um, this grapple figure is like... They've taken the original figure... And his transformation is almost identical to the original figure. Yeah. But they've, like, modernised it with some new twisty bits and stuff, like, bring it into the modern age so it's not quite as rickety as the original is and everything clips into place nicely and, you know, you've got accessories, like, you can you can fold the hook up and put, like, a big old claw arm yeah. in the hook's place, which is quite neat. Um, and he's got a little tube thing that's, like, it just looks like a little pointy thing that sticks onto the side of the crane arm, but you can pop that off and replace his hand with it. Because in the cartoons, he would fire, like, a goo stuff out, like, cement and stuff out of his hand. Mm-hmm. It's not a cement mixer, but whatever. But um, I really I really just like how it's, like, taking an 80s-style toy and modernising it in the best way possible. It's really cool. I can't get any Battlemasters for it. Battlemasters are, like, the little mini-cons that turn into weapons, but in this Earthrise range, they turn into, like, bridges. Yeah. And you can connect sets together to make cities, but I haven't got any sets like that, so... Doesn't matter. Um, he's got big old long legs. Old old grapple is, but just like the original toy. Which is cool. His head's the wrong colour. It should be black with a silver face, but okay. I'll let him off. Um, but I got a, a Fry's Cliff Jumper a while ago, and he's a deluxe class figure, so he should be a little bit taller, but he's really small. Hmm. And it seems like the 
class sizes now aren't so much about like what size they are, but more what they have with them. Like Cliff Jumper is an entirely unique design. He's not like he's not like the original Cliff Jumper toy, which was basically you remember Choriq? You remember those little QE remote control cars that they no. do in Japan? No. There was games of it. They're like they look like if you took a car and squished them a little bit, okay. they're big and chunky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there was. There was a Monopoly board that used those as pieces. Yeah, but they did new speed remote control cars. You buy them, like little penny racers. I think yeah. they call them penny racers over here. Um, but the original Cliff Jump was based on one of them because the range he came from was Micro Man, where they didn't turn into real world vehicles. They turned into objects that are in your house. That's oh. where Soundwave comes from. And Megatron, because in Japan, it's very common to have Wolf of PPKs in your house, I yeah. guess, apparently. Um, but yeah, he turned into an actual toy in the original one. In the new ones, he's like a, um, a little muscle car, oh. like a Dodge Challenger. Or oh, something, okay. yeah, um, like an '80s muscle car. Um, people have said he's too small, but when you put him next to Grapple, he's kind of the right scale because, like, Grapple's a big old like crane truck, and you put him next to him, and it's like the right sort of size. Their windows match up a little bit, and the wheels match up, and it's like huh. it looks all right despite Cliff Jumper being tiny. But um, it's really interesting. They seem to be just going out of their way to make these really, really good figures, like in- ridiculously poseable figures and they're doing all these little tricks with their transformations that like used to only get on the masterpiece figures but they're doing it at like a 20 quid figure price point rather than a hundred and some odd quid mm. which is quite nice i mean it's i've been i've had transformers since i was an ickle ickle baby and the figures are like the best they've been which is good because they've come out of this dark age of the movie figures where the movie line is just shocking apart from the studio series figures they've done recently which are like mini masterpiece figures and they're really complicated um especially that first set of transformer figures where they were all like where all the movie figures were like auto changing and they were doing stuff like the entire body of the transformer was underneath because they couldn't figure out any way to make them look anything like the characters in the films yeah because in the films they just look like piles of random bits of metal in a roughly humanoid shape um but now they've like they're they're outside the films. The films aren't going on, and even the film that did happen recently, the Bumblebee one, the Transformers look like Transformers in that. Like you could you could look at them and go, oh, I know what that turns into, which is like a key thing. Like that's what Transformers should be. It should be like you see a man, you see a robot, and you go, oh, that thing's a truck. That thing's a fire engine. You like it's a fire engine in robot form, and that's what it should be. Um, and I like that. But the new that grapple figure. It's a good thing. Really simple transformation compared to the other ones I've got. But um, the fact it's like so solidly based on the original figure is like weird to me. And I mm. love it. I had I had like Inferno when I was a kid. I've lost that over the years. But it is like, like even the head comes off and it's got a long old beam that folds out to get the head part to the back of the vehicle, which is what the original one did. Yeah. Um, the pegs where the headpiece locks in to form the crane is a bit, it's tough to get them back out of there. It's a little bit, wor- little bit worryingly tight. Mm. Makes me think I'm going to break it. Um, but no, they're really cool. I want some more FYS figures now. I'm going to need... I don't know. I kind of want that Skylinks figure they brought out. It's 75 quid. So um, if anyone can send me their kidney so I can sell them on eBay, um, I would like to buy the Skylinks figure, please. Maybe Scorpionok. That's a lot more expensive, though. Scorpionok's massive. Yeah. He's like... He's massive. <laughs> He turns into a giant scorpion and a base. Oh, okay. So scorpion face. Yeah. The scorpion face. So I've always wanted the Skylinks. They never released Skylinks in the UK, I don't think. In the original, anyway. They did the reissues. Mm. The original Skylinks figure was like, 
it was a shuttle and it had like a container pod thing that went on the bottom. It's weird. Yeah. And you could wind it up, you could switch it on and it would roll along. Okay. And the two parts transform into like a lynx. Mm. The bottom half does and the top half turns into like a pterodactyl thing with a long neck. Yeah. But then you can combine them together and it becomes like a four-legged long neck dinosaur thing. And you press the button and it walks on the original. (laughs) The new ones. Dodocus or whatever it is. It's sort of. It's weird. Skylinks was great. But Mm. the new toy doesn't have the auto-walking thing. Okay. That's been left in the past. But it is a ridiculously complicated... Yeah, like thing that clicks together and makes... Yeah, Yeah, the way it's like the shuttle head comes out and it opens up and there's like teeth in the bottom part of the shuttle head. It's like... Mm. No other Transformers like that. He doesn't have like a traditional robot mode. He's all he's all animal. Oh. And he's a combiner and a, technically a triple changer. It's like hmm. I want that. That's pretty cool. But the new the new figures are really nice. The new Optimus Prime figure is amazing. I think it would go nicely with my little my little mini collection of Optimus Primes. To be fair, I think it would go really well with this uh well, the Beast Morphers Spanish Beast Morphers <laughs> figure that shouts a lot. <laughs> Hola <laughs> That's finished now, Beast Morphers, but I haven't is watched it? it because um Pop didn't label the information on the episode, so it's no. just been recording every episode that comes up, and I have no idea what episode's what. That cost me six pounds. Well done. Or eight pounds. Well done. Anyway, Transformers Earthrise Grapple. That's a way to fill out a review. Yeah. I mean, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. Toys. Toy reviews. I'm going to get into toy reviews now. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Sorry. that's good, because I was just thinking about spending 35 quid on more Gumpla. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> I've got... I've got to make the ones I've got. I've got to get into that as like a hobby when I've got a day to relax. Just you get me there. a real grade Devil Gundam. Cheers. No, I was looking at the Apocalypse American version Gundam Originator. Yeah. So the old school green ones, but it's the one with the massive blast wings. Mm. It also comes with the... Anyway, let's, let's not talk about this nerdy shit right now. I need to talk about something more important. I watched a film, man. No, you didn't. I watched a film. I watched the whole film. <laughs> I watched Money Plane starring The Edge. With Kelsey Grammer, Thomas Jane... The Edge. The Edge. What, edge. From... No, not from U2, from WWE. No, he's just Edge. Is he just Edge? Sorry. The Edge is the guy from U2. Sorry, I apologise. I watched Money Plane starring Edge. And that man Adam has Copeland. a... Copeland. Pardon? Adam Copeland. Is that his name? That'd be better. Um, he has a face much like the priest from Johnny Mnemonic. Not Dolph Lundgren. No, sorry, not the priest from Donny, Johnny Mnemonic. Who's the bad guy from Cobra with a fucked up face? The killer who's like... He plays Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat. Oh, Brian friggin'... Um, oh, what's his Is name? Is he dead now? No, no, he's still alive. Okay, good. Yeah, <clears throat> Edge has a face much like him, but worse somehow. How old is Edge? Brian Christopher? Yeah. No, Brian Christopher Lawless. How old is Edge? Uh, in his 40s. He's in his 40s. Okay, yeah. well that kind of explains why he's got a wrinkly slab face. Anyway, so the, the no, plot of... The wrestler is... Yeah, I know. The plot of, the plot of Money Plane is quite simple. Edge has been fucked over on a job where he's meant to he's meant to uh, steal a painting for Kelsey Grammer. Oh, that Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Optimus Prime wanted to kill him once. Yeah. Um, but Kelsey Grammer set him up and made it... Sorry, this is a bit of a brief spoiler. Kelsey Grammer set him up and it was his painting all along. He removed it from the gallery the day before the heist was to go down. What? So that he could use Edge to do a heist on the motherfucking money plane. Now, <sighs> what is a money plane, you ask? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question, hypothetically. The money plane, not hypothetically, the money plane is a plane which is actually just a flying casino in which people gamble for stupid amounts. Oh, so like Epstein's plane. But a bit like Epstein's plane, yeah. But 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 twist. in the Less children. Yeah, less children. Well, maybe not. Um, in the bowels of the plane, they have a server, and on that server is 
so much digital money you wouldn't believe. Oh. It's all of the bitcoins and all the other shit. So what they want to do is get on the plane, get in the bow of the ship, take the money off of the server, and then jump out with parachutes. How long is his hair in this? How long is his hair? It's very long. He's got it in a ponytail a lot of Oh, it. so it's recent then. So it's recent. Yeah. So the way that they get him on the plane... short for the last nine years. Oh, did he? He grew it out for when oh. he came back to wrestling. No, he grew out for money playing. Probably. Tell you, tell you that right now. Um, so there are a couple of things about money plane that are a bit interesting. Firstly, this plane seems to have infinite space. <laughs> Planes so do. It has a small room. Well, I say small. It has a room double the size of this flat that is the casino room. Mm. Then they have another room the same size again, which is the live gambling sports room. Mm. Then the bow of the ship has several luxury condos for which to sleep, shower. Do you think maybe they shot it inside some hotel rooms? I think they just shot it inside some hotel rooms, Dan. So, the Edge... Sorry, Like Titanic 2. Yeah, a bit like Titanic 2, Titanic harder. So, Edge is on on the plane, and he's, you know, everything's going without hitch, but then, of course, there are hitches. And in one of the only good scenes in the whole film, he... He decides he's got to get into the... Well, actually, part of the plan is to get into the cockpit. The entire film's full of good scenes. No. you got Kelsey Grammer in it. He's At one point, he does get a machine gun. And with his jowls shaking like never have I seen them shake before, he's smiling, laughing, and firing a Tommy gun at no one. Just at the screen, basically. glad he's having fun. Um, So, yeah, Edge has to get into the cockpit because that's an integral part of the plan is they take over the cockpit because that gives them control of all of the the systems on the plane. Mm. Oh, by the way, the Lawrence brothers are in this, both Joey and Andy. You remember the Lawrence brothers from Home Improvement? Was it Home Improvement? Anyway, they're a big deal in America. They were in, like, loads of sitcoms. Never heard of them. Don't worry about it. Um... So, yeah, so basically he has to get into the cockpit. And so the woman comes up to the cockpit. They've got a woman on their team. She's pretending to be a stewardess. She goes up to the door with the with the food. And she's like, hello, I have your food, Mr. Pilot. Mr. Pilot is she pretending to be a server? Yeah. So what if they kidnapped her by accident instead of the server? They don't have server. to kidnap the server. They have to take the digital money off the server using a USB. Uh, uh, stuck a USB here. Because uh, <laughs> they thought she and was a server. a CD server. drive. At one point there's a fight scene in the server room but someone gets pushed up against it and it's clearly just CD, CD mm. players. Like... There's a whole thing where oh, we've got Edge to do this heist but he's a complete technophobe yeah, but he so doesn't he have a clue. Punches Got to get something off the server. So he just goes looking around for waiters. Sorry, sorry. I, I've got to explain the, the best scene of the film. So, yeah, sorry. She knocks on the door and she goes out for food to it. And the pilot pops out. And as the pilot pops out, Edge just punches him in the face and knocks him out. Mm. And then she conveniently has a wheelchair just off screen. <laughs> so she puts him in the wheelchair. And then she wheels him to a room in which she doesn't just wheel the wheelchair in, even though it could fit. She pushes him off the wheelchair and then locks him in this in this room. No idea why. And so Edge goes into... He's flying the plane. Well, that's... This is the joke. So Edge goes into the cockpit, and then as he's in the cockpit, he goes to sit down, and then the camera pans slightly to his right, and he goes, co-pilot. And the co-pilot's this massive dude that he fights in the the Mm. cockpit. And as they're fighting, they're, like, shaking the controls around, and it's, like, flipping switches, and they're throwing each other into everything. And then out out in the casino room, people's cokes are jangling a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> that's the one good scene in the whole film and then oh yeah sorry Joey Lawrence who's like the famous Lawrence brother I don't know if anyone in the UK remembers these guys but he um, he's basically just standing around going I hire the best pilots for a reason this is turbulence to us imagine what it'd be like for a commercial flight and someone falls over and he's like yes imagine <laughs> 
just crap. It's crap. It's dog shit. It's an Adam Sandler. It's not worth watching. It's Passenger 57. Passenger 57 is amazing. It came out... Isn't that the one with the line, you always bet on black? Yeah, after saying, do you ever play Russian roulette? Yeah. Always bet on black. It's like, that's not... Yeah, they play Russian roulette in this. Oh, sweet. Yeah, there's it's a fun game for There's a comedy kids. scene involving Russian roulette where basically they're playing... They're playing Baccarat? No, they're playing Texas Hold'em. And the guy wins the entire pot for Texas Hold'em, so they start a new game. And because he won, he gets to pick the game. And he turns to this dude who's... Snap. He's, well, he turns to the dude who's like, who was the last person playing with him, which happens to be the the second to Edge's team. So he's the backup guy. Mm. And he's, he's sitting there and he's like, hey there, how do you fancy a little bit of uh, vodka? And I, in my head, I was really like, oh, it's, it's Russian roulette. But he didn't get that. And then Joey Lawrence, the next scene, comes along with a big red tablecloth, puts it down, pulls out a gun, and he puts one bullet, and he goes, and he goes, this gentleman here has played Russian roulette on every one of these flights, and he has never lost. Oh, really? And in my head, I was like, of course he fucking hasn't, because he's still here. Yeah. Like, duh. Uh, but, uh, so he pulls out this gun, and he puts it in front of the gentleman who's not this Texan weirdo who's recommended Russian roulette. And he goes, he goes, look, I am happy to do this. I'm ready to do this. He picks the gun up, but then the Texas guy goes, as a fair man, I'm willing to take the first shot. And then he slides it over, and then the croupier-style person, who's now obviously in charge of the Russian roulette game, goes, no, 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 I must insist that the new player takes the first shot. And he goes, he goes, no, 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 he wants to take it. And then the croupier's like, he only did it out of politeness. And the guy's like, look, I will take the shot just so we can start the game. And he pulls the gun and just blows his head off. And then the other guy's like, well, you win. <laughs> like that. And he's like, what the fuck? What is this stupid shit? Um, and you could tell that he was going to shoot himself in the face because no one spun the barrel. Like, no. <laughs> you put a bullet in and then close it. And I was like, what is this? Spin the barrel. That's the whole point. I mean, I'm not a Russian roulette expert. I've only played like five or six times. But you always spin the barrel before you take the shot. You don't just put a bullet in. They just use a magazine, gun with a magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wanted to kill himself at this point because he's the one who recommended the magazine. No, it's, uh, it's real bad. It's really boring. It's really uninteresting. It's really cheap. Thomas Jane turns up. Oh, I'm nice. pretty sure they shot all of Thomas Jane's scenes from his house because there's one scene in which he's smoking a pipe with Edge on like a patio and then the next shot he's on the phone to Edge whilst he's in his kitchen. The next shot he's playing Xbox with his kid on his sofa <laughs> and then the final shot is him on that same patio from the first shot but it's now his patio and not Edge's patio for some reason. And he is using a using a PS3 controller's controller drone and kill people in a field. Yeah, but you established earlier that he plays games, so he knows how no, to... Yeah, yeah, see, so that's it. Good. That's it. He's yeah, clearly... one patio looks the same as all the others. Well... Right? It's a whole bunch of tiles on the floor. No, no, no. Like it's a, it's the exact like the same. Old... It's it's the exact same set. Yeah, they got the same gazebo. Like it's not just a gazebo. It's like a brick wall with flowers. There's a field in the back. Yeah. It's the exact same. Well, the same shot. interior design, and there was a deleted scene. <laughs> um, and yeah. a cameo. From, I can't recommend um, it. It's not even cheesy good. Like that's the problem. It's not even like Mark Dacascus. I'm a I'm a mega, which is the cheesy good film that I always recommend to people. Because it's an asylum film, so it's made without the best intentions. It's made to just be a cash-in for I Am Legend. But they've got just the right guy to ham it up and make it, like, charismatic and fun. Edge just isn't charismatic. Like, he... That's outrageous. The star of Highlander in Endgame. (laughs) He seems to have, like... He has great charisma with the kid. Like, he, he's clearly a parent or something. He's got, like, that yeah, relationship got, in his he's life. He's got two kids. Yeah. With Beth Phoenix. So as soon as he's in those situations, he's like, ha-ha, like, having, like, a good time with his kids. But as soon as he talks to his wife, who's played by... Who is it? Um, 
it's the woman who played Christmas Jones in The World Is Not Enough. She was married to Charlie what? Sheen for Nev a while. Nev Campbell? No, she was married to Charlie Sheen for a while. Not Nev Campbell. The other one. Um, the one who was also in uh, Wild Things. What's her name? Neve Campbell. No, Neve Campbell is Scream. One through four. God, what is her fucking name? It's not Charisma Carpenter. That's no, um, it's Neve Campbell. No, it's not Neve Campbell. God fucking damn it. All right, you made me do this now. Yeah, um, I, it's Neve Campbell. It's not. Denise Richards. Denise Richards, same person. Um, yeah, it's just not good. Like, he, when he speaks to anyone but those kids, the, the charisma goes out the window. And it's really weird. Like, I don't think I've ever seen an action hero who can deliver a fight scene but can't deliver any of the impacts of the hit he t- hits he takes. So even in like that cockpit thing where he's getting thrown against things, he's like sort of, it's almost like he's, it's a bit like a wrestling, wrestling thing where he's like, ah, like instead of him being like punched in the face, he'd be like, ah, fuck, ow. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, because you know, lots of action movies, whenever someone gets punched in the face, they stop and say, ow. Well, no, like you have, you have to write it in the script. <laughs> You have realistic reactions to like to like someone hitting someone. Like if you Robocop fight- gets punched in the face, Robocop. Ow. <laughs> yeah. Ow. Um but no you you were being charged for Half the runtime of a Tony Jar film is him saying ow after being kicked. Well he shakes. He shakes and he reacts. Like the thing is in all those fights, if you're fighting someone, you don't suddenly like completely reduce your guard to jelly by shaking your hands in the air or like falling out like he's like oh shit that hurt oh no you didn't yeah, he continues to block like he'll yeah. take a hit but he'll continue to block and then he'll come back with some more but the edge is like the edge is like oh you punch me in the face jelly mode it's just edge <laughs> it's just edge sorry edge not the but edge yeah it's just it's not great the edge is in you too it's not great it's not as interesting he's... as I'd like it to be um I... what film is it cashing in on if Money it's an asylum is it an asylum I film? think it's no it's not oh. I think it's cashing in on Money Train oh is it a sequel maybe Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's the Under Siege 2 to Under Siege. Yeah, but Under Siege 2 still had Steven Seagal in it. Yeah, it took place Money in Train. Money Train had... Was it Woody Harrelson? Yeah, that's true. And Wesley Snipes. No, that was White Men Can't Jump. No, but they were also in Money Train together. Yeah, it's a sequel to White Men Can't <laughs> Jump. Yeah. White Men Can't Jump, but they can rob a Money Train. Yeah. Yeah. He um, could jump, he slam dunked. It's your turn. Review. Review something out. When you're done with the work of art that is Money Plane. It's so fucking bad. It's going to be on Netflix. Soul Plane. It's going to be on Netflix in a week. Soul Plane at least knew it was a fucking shit movie. Oh, Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, Snakes on a Plane is actually good. Is it? Poor opinions. I saw someone earlier trying to do a poll saying, what's the worst film of all time, Electra or Catwoman? And I'm like, how limited is your viewing of movies that you think Electra or Catwoman are the worst films ever made. Yeah, I was going to fucking say, I've like, seen much worse. Yeah, like in a world where Birdemic exists and Deathbed, the bed that eats. No, what was it I watched recently that was really fucking bad? Uh, Neil Breen's Man. films. At least Neil Breen's films are funny. And there was another film that I watched that, oh, Artemis Fowl. Mm. Try watching that. No. Because it's like no, watching geez. money burn on screen. Yeah, they probably didn't spend too much on it. They spent a lot. It was like a hundred million budget. It was directed by yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, but it's Disney. A hundred millions, like you know, that, that's a that's a Christmas present for one of its yeah, executives. Yeah, like that's still, mm, still so much money. So, what was the other one? Electra or Catwoman? Ugh. Like they're both bad films, but they're not. There's infinitely worse films. Yeah, in like existence. I could, I could watch either of those films right now and not. Like in the grand scale of how bad a film can be to how good it can be, Electra and Catwoman are probably just sitting in the middle because there's a lot of terrible shit out there. Actually, saying that Electra's real bad. It's not the worst. It's like <laughs> a three out of ten at most. Mm. 
Catwoman's a four. Because Catwoman, I think that if you drink whilst watching Catwoman, you have a great time. Catwoman's hilarious. It is hilariously bad. Um, I like when she turns into a video game character. I like it when the cat farts in her mouth <laughs> to bring it back to life. Mm. Do you remember the green gas? It, like the cat it goes in her mouth, mouth it breathes at her. It's not a fart, it breathes. Green gas, man, that's universal for farts. Soul. It's the soul of an it's ancient... It's the soul of a cat. It's the soul of an ancient pharaoh goddess. Isn't it? He goes... And then Halle Berry wakes up and she's like, I need to fight the skin cream executive because women like skin cream. So that's a plot that we can do. <laughs> that's how that's how um, Sharon Stone gets her superpowers. Mm. Gets, gets hard skin. Well, it's actually um, it's actually super tough skin. Yeah. That only Diamond can cut. Oh. Which is why Catwoman has diamond nails. Bling, bling. Oh. Bling, bling, baby. Oh. <laughs> Catwoman. You you will believe a man can fuck a woman whilst playing basketball in front of twelve year olds. <laughs> they were trying to recreate the success of the um, seesaw scene from Daredevil. Isn't it weird? The playground how, fight. Well, isn't Daredevil after that? No, nah, Daredevil's before. Daredevil's like two thousand and one, two thousand two. Catwoman's two thousand and four. Oh yeah, so it's a year apart. I think Daredevil was two thousand four. Yeah, and Electra's like Electra came out between those. Two thousand five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Electra, the plot of which was there was a girl born to a doctor who had the power of every assassin. Well, she was meant to be in the underworld, isn't it, or something? Yeah. yeah. Electra was created to die. Stop yeah. trying to Stop trying to make a fucking thing about it. Well, actually, saying that, Daredevil probably did it the best way. Just bring her back, and then she's like, I'm fucked, mate, I'm off. Yeah. I'm fucked, I can't she do this. She went crazy and she killed Scorny Weaver. Yeah, I'm fucked, mate, can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, if I came back and I had like the undead soul of demonic forces inside me, I'd be like, Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, my judgment is not the best. I'm fucking off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. And we'll never get any closure. No. Well, we might. Charlie Cox is... There's been rumours that Charlie Cox might do some MCU stuff. Yeah. It'd be good if he did. He's a really good daredevil. I like The Punisher as well. John Burfall. Yeah, I still not finished that. Which series? Series 2. I just no. never finished it. That's fair enough. Series 2 is a bit of a... Uh, the problem is they never go full camp with it. It starts off like seeming like he's going to take on the KKK and stuff like that. And I'd be like, I'd be straight up for that. I'd be like, yeah, do it. But then it just sort of peters out and becomes gangsters again. Yeah. He's just a bit, meh. That's the problem. They, they never really get the camp aspect. to a third series where he takes on the police. <laughs> God, that'd piss off a lot of Americans. It'd be brilliant. It would, wouldn't it? it. It'd be accurate as well. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's one of those weird things where they never really get that Punisher's still quite campy. They always seem to take him deadly serious. Yeah. Right, am I supposed to review something? Yeah, it's your second review. Fuck's sake. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm an expert at this sort of thing, so NBA Ugh. 2K20. Oh, yeah. Um, I downloaded Pumped it. Up the jam. Pump it That's up. not the theme tune. The theme tune's some rap song I've never heard of. Oh. Um, but I, I got NBA 2K20 downloaded on Game Pass because it's free. And I was like... I haven't played a basketball game for 20 years. Let's give one a go and see what they're like these days. Apparently, nowadays, um, they have really, really serious stories with lots of big-name actors. Rob Hubel's in it. And um, there's, like, microtransactions all over the place, and they're quite difficult. They're really... It's very complicated. Mm. There's so many controls. Like, so much context-sensitive... Like, X to steal a ball, but if you hold L and press X, you do a different type of steal... But if you hold X, then you'll do an intentional foul. And it's all sorts of trickiness like that. And it's like, okay, hold the X button to shoot, but you've got to let go exactly the right time to have a higher chance of it going in. Because you don't have a 100% chance if you put it on the top of the meter 
when it flashes green for a fraction of a second because every player in the entire game has different segments of the court that they're good at shooting from so you get a boost by standing in those segments but you don't know what they are unless you go into that individual player's stats or you know their real life stats of where they're best at shooting from I don't know any of that shit I'm just trying to play basketballs um, and I started playing the storyline and it's like that it's like it's all very really well done, all nice motion captured actors and really crisp, you know, detailed graphics and the cutscenes are all serious and stuff and they go on and on and on. Um like thirty minutes in you've played like one like game at the start where it forces you to win, where like it'll keep calling time out and bumping your score up to make sure you win the first game. Yeah. And then it makes you play against someone who's a basketball person. I don't know who they are, basketball man. Mm. And it's a one-on-one thing. And I, I got slaughtered in that because <laughs> I didn't know. I can't play it. Um, but that was like 40 minutes of watching characters having sports dramas. Idris Elba was there. Rosario Dawson was there. Oh, awesome. Um, the guy who plays Morgan in Walking Dead was there. Like, oh. like a whole bunch of actors. He turns up for one scene, offers you a sponsorship. You don't get a choice in whether or not you turn it down or whatnot. And then... Oh. It just sort of carries on. And then some guys, your agent and stuff, and you've been, yeah, you do training. Is Hannibal Barras in this one? Probably, I don't know. I don't know who's in it. I haven't played a bit of the story because I was like, this is silly. Um, and there's like a My Team thing, which is basically FIFA Ultimate Team, but I've never played FIFA, so I don't know if it's exactly the same. I just assume it is. Yeah. Because there's card packs and you build a team up and it takes a lot to unlock to be able to buy another card pack with the in-game currency. Really? Like... There's, but how much are they to buy? I, I didn't even bother looking. I, I I accidentally opened up the window to buy the yeah. VC credits. Yeah. Um, and I, I just turned it off. I was like, no, there's mm. lots. But it's like you need eleven thousand V credits or whatever they are, what they call them, virtual credits. Yeah. Um, and you can win those through playing games and stuff and going through the career. But in career, you use those to boost up your stats. So you uh. need to boost them up anyway. And it's like. It'll say on my one, oh, you've got 300 and some odd stat points you can allocate, but I've only got like 1,000 credits. That's worth like two. So it's like. And so wait, take, you like, earn stat points and then you also have to pay. The for stat them. points are just that. You set like a what your top potential stats are. Yeah. But you have to earn the credits to be able to place those stats. Okay. Um, it's overly complicated, like the wrestling games are. They've made them overly complicated on those. It's probably more complicated on W2K20, to be honest, because that game's got just like infinite layers of stat building mm. in that game and two characters in the last one. Um, but the the difference in frigging production quality between this and WB2K20, like, like WB2K20, the wrestling in that is fine. It's everything else in the game that's a problem. It feels janky and it's, cheap. It's buggy. Yeah, the cutscenes in that game are terrible. But then mm. you look at this one, it's all like movie quality. They've got movie stars and they've like, you know, serious scripts. Like the one, was it 2K19 or 2K18 when Spike Lee wrote it? Yeah. Like one of those? Yeah, one like, of them was. But two, we go to 2K20 and it's like janky ass friggin' source filmmaker looking stuff. And there's like, you know, they're driving a car and the windscreen's got the wrong transparency effect on it. So they look like they're in front of the windscreen. Wait, is this on the wrestling one? Yeah, on the wrestling yeah. one. Oh, but sorry, then you cause... play 2K20, rest, NBA 2K20, it's like it's all slick and it's all like, you know, twin, you know, widescreen presentation and yep, all this yep. sort of stuff. And it's all. Oh. You know why, don't you? Because they put loads Cause, of they sell. Well, no, like, so <laughs> wrestling, there's. You don't really. The problem with wrestling is that you don't really, um, you're not able to advertise other companies through wrestling because Nike don't make the shoes and Adidas don't make the shoes. There's sponsorships all the time. But NBA, it's all sponsorships. Yeah, yeah everything's sponsorship. Your energy meet is sponsored by Gatorade. Gatorade's <laughs> not like a real big get nowadays, I don't think. 
But yeah, no, like, they talk about it in the game. They, oh, really? In the story mode, they'll be like, "Oh, take some Gatorade. It'll, um, you know, it'll boost you up and stuff." Really? Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff like that. But I think the NBA, it's a they more play prof- literal adverts. Like <laughs> NBA is a more profitable advertising. Mm. There's more revenue to it. I think that it probably does better yeah. than than WWE. And also, I think that. Well, the um, thing is, you get the weird fans who complain that it's not accurate if the advertising's not there. Like they'd they'd get weird about not having well, accurate. Like because like, was... you get FIFA fans who complain if the wrong sponsor if they don't oh, have yeah, the sponsors yeah, yeah. on the t-shirts. If they don't update like... it quick enough to match the sponsorship like, deals. Yeah. Fuck off with that. One shit. of the things about NBA 2K that I found fascinating is: Do you remember that in it might have been 2018, it might have been 2017, they had an option where you could design your own shoe. They can do that on this one. Yeah, so you yeah. could design your own shoe, but in that game, you could also have it printed and made by Nike. No oh, good. And it cost extortion amounts of money. Yeah, there's a thing to link to an app so you can put your face in the game. You take a photo on your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Tracks the in the game. Time. There's all sorts. You can design balls and stuff. <laughs> I've got the perfect balls. But you like, um, yeah, you get the card packs and you get different balls and different coaches and different uniforms for your team. So you can you can be like classic Miami Heat or something. Um, I did like when you play a game and you get a halftime um, pundits panel when it goes to the studio and there's Shaq there chatting away. Giving his best because he's a classical actor, Shaquille O'Neal, classically trained, star of Steel, um, and um, Kazam, Shazam. No, Shazam's the um, superhero. Yeah, that's who. That's who was originally going to play. It's called Kazam. Yeah, it's called Kazam. Yeah, he's a genie. But um, yeah, he's like there doing finger guns as they go away from the studio. He's like, yeah, 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 because he obviously didn't know what to do to fill the time. Yeah, um, Adam Zander. He trained Shaq in how to act because he was in Grown Ups. Well, yeah, that was long too. before when Shaq started acting. Yeah, that's true. Shaq's, Shaq's, Shaq is a classically trained actor. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think he originally wanted to do a, a film of Shaq Fu. Did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember that being a thing. Um, who would animate that? No, it'd be live action. Who was the guy who did Dragon Age? Mm. No, sorry. Um, not Dragon Age. <laughs> Dragon's Lair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it wasn't. Thingy, him. <laughs> I can't remember his name. It was going to be a live action film. It wasn't going to be live action. It was. It no. was in the nineties. They demons. They tried to make Shaq Fu, Shaq Fu into a whole thing. Yeah. Like it didn't work because it was Shaq Fu. I'll tell you who had a great video game. Michael Jordan. No, Charles Fire Barkley. And Ice. Charles Barkley. No, Michael Jordan. Fire and Ice. The platform we had. The Chaos basketball. in Windy City. No. Yeah. Idiot. No. <laughs> NBA Two K Twenty is like really flashy and polished and all this sort of stuff, but like it's just. I mean, the microtransactions. It's like a mobile like, game. Yeah, that it's My like, Team mode is just pure microtransaction hell. Um, but the stuff they do in there, you can see, like, you'll start up a game and yeah. it will play a video that's clearly only been recorded recently. Yeah. Like, they chuck in, like, some presentation. It'll be like, hey, welcome to NBA 2K20. Today we're going to be talking about it. shows, like, it came with a thing during one of the loading screens showing the Black Lives Matter protests. And I'm like, this is like, they're, they're putting stuff in this game to keep it as if it's a live TV performance. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I played W2K20 <laughs> and, you the know. you can hope for is clipping through the floor. Yeah, your character picks up someone and then disappears into the ground <laughs> and you never see him again. Like, they're taking two years with a new WWE game, apparently. They bring it off both sides. Like, it's it's NBA, like the difference NBA, in production quality. NBA, you jump into the air. You, you yeah. glide realistically yeah. and then you slam dunk and the particles of glass that drop to the ground like drift off of your body and sweat and yeah. it's beautiful in WWE 2K20. You pick someone up to take them off the turnbuckle and you both just disappear into the floor yeah. and somehow you get pinned and yeah. lose. <laughs> your character's hair clips through their skull. The thing is, like, 
Like wrestling games, <laughs> like in terms of, like I mean, NBA is probably similar in terms of animation because the animations are ridiculous it's the same in this game. But the no, no, it's not. Not the same yeah, it's engine. It's all the same engine. No, nah, because the WWE games have been using the same engine for the last like fifteen years before Two K brought. Oh, really? They've just been updating the same wrestling. Why do they engine use the same time. engine? Because FIFA uses the same engine as. No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's they make a proprietary engine for WWE games. Oh, it's that always seems been the same. Stupid. But you have to because friggin' the way wrestling games work because you've got two characters that are constantly interacting physically, like they're grabbing each other and stuff like yeah. that. Like, animations aren't great at that sort of thing. That's why you only see characters touch each other in cutscenes in games. That's not true. It is. No, it's not. Resident Evil 5, you walk through a village and you push people. Yeah, you can do basic stuff like yeah. that. But you don't get, like... When you have wrestlers and you've got, like, a big fat dude fighting a little dude... And the little dude has to be able to grab the big dude in the same way yeah. the big dude would catch grab someone the same size. And the animations have to clip and stuff. It's like... What you're saying is that Dead Rising by Capcom did it great in 2008. And you don't understand mm-hmm. why Capcom aren't making The WWE games are complex things. And I think people underestimate how complex they are. But if they just had a budget, even half of what these 2K games are clearly getting... If they had a few more, like people working on them and they weren't just shoving them out the door to hit a quota like the new one this year they've cancelled WWE 2K21 and they're doing a WWE cartoony arcade wrestling game I remember Generations being alright people what? was it Generations WWE Generations where it was all like cartoony and weird and Uh what was the one on 360 that was cartoony and weird it had um, it was one of the first games to have um, Andre the Giant in it it was like an actual giant I've had Andre Giant in wrestling games for years. Yeah, I know, but like this was like where he was like cartoonishly big. Mm. I mean, there was um, I mean, they, Showdown. Yeah, don't be Showdown. Was there you go. That's like it. an old classics one. Yeah. But there was Legends of WrestleMania and no, it wasn't stuff Legends like that of before that. It was uh, Showdown. Legends of Wrestling, rather. I had yeah. Legends of Wrestling. That was a janky game, but it was better than Two K Twenty. But um, NBA Two K Twenty. It's a very flashy game of basketball, and I just. It's not as fun as NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Oh, I love NBA. It doesn't have the Beastie Boys in it. But it's not just. It's just not as fun. It's like it's like football unless you're really fucking into you it. You can play free on free, but there's like no sound music or anything. Yeah. It's just. And if you record a clip, they get no sound when you play a clip. It's just. Like, it's it's the same as like the joy in it is playing as those players and being the teams that you yeah, love. They're all too serious nowadays. Yeah. Like you're not going to get a modern FIFA game giving you a cheat code to turn the referee into a dog like you could in friggin'. Um, International Superstar Soccer Deluxe on the SNES. Yeah, exactly. You know, the have problem, some fun with it. The other problem is as well, like, not everyone has a favourite basketball team. It's not like all those people that play Call of Duty that have, like, a favourite I, I mentioned it on a Games Forum on one as well. How, yeah, scores just point. Because, oh, that's really impressive because you use some young, young was the guy who's, I don't know who young is. Like, and they said, it's yeah, because he's not well known for being able to score three pointers. And it's like, because I scored a three pointer from the other side of the court. And he's like, yeah, it's really impressive. Like, you know, talking about all these players and how they play and stuff. And I'm like, it's a basketball game, man. I just want to throw a hoop. I adjusted it so I could score points easier. It's got all the sliders like the WWE games have. Mm. And I bumped them all up so I was, had more chance of scoring hoops. Oh, that's awesome. Just to make it fun. So you can change it so <coughs> the, it's the, uh, the difficulty can be adjusted to a finite degree. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like the WWE games do. Same thing. Okay. How You know, like how the WWE games let you change how much damage every type of move does. This has got the same, your chances of stealing the ball, your chances of blocking and all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you like NBA games, it's probably a really good one. Has there been an EA one? They keep cancelling them, don't they? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. The last one I played was that NBA Jam on 360. The one where you could play as the Beast. Well, Boys. no, they had an NBA Playgrounds. Yeah, that was another two. That was a 2K games one. Yeah. That one's bad, apparently. 
Oh, I haven't played it. But they're the ones doing that WB Battleground. It's super cheap and it's on the Mm. Switch. I saw it for like eight quid the other day, so I was going to buy it. But no, they they, they, uh, haven't played basketball games since NBA Jam. That's better. So I've got tournament edition in my drawer. What are you doing? That's a bird outside. It's not Lady. No, it's a bird. Okay. Alright, um, okay. Um, They're not going to hear on the microphone, so... Okay, is it my review next? Yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, I'm going to review a game on the Switch called The Sword of Ditto. Oh, I've got that. Have you got it? Yeah, I've got it on PC. If you put it up to 4K resolution, everything goes tiny. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I have to lower the resolution to play it. So, The Sword of Ditto is a really weird throwback Zelda-style game mixed in with a randomly generated roguelike sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, how much of it did you play? Did you manage to complete it? Nah, nah, I got played for about two two hours or so. And okay, stopped. That's like that's like one cycle. So the whole the whole game is. Yeah, it said it was supposed to be like you have three days or something to yeah. get somewhere, but the night turns a day like six times. I swear. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd, but um, yeah. but so the story is: you wake up one day and you are given a sword, and you're told you've got to go dis- defeat Momo, who's like the big bad who's corrupting right, the world. To do that, you just go to a tower, you get to the top of the tower, you fire, and then mm. and then you come back. Um, and it's it happens every... Like the guy who wrote um, Murder by Numbers. Yeah. yeah. Every hundred years that happens. So your ancestor is... One of your ancestors is is um, preordained to have to do that mm. if you die and you fail to defeat Momo. And every time you come back, the world gets a little bit worse. So the procedurally generated shit gets a little bit worse. So the first time you come back, it's all lush green forests and you've got... Two towers you have to defeat. Those two towers give you an item. Those two items can be used to take down two, like, um, they call them anchors. And once you take down those two anchors, on that fifth day when you're destined to fight Momo, it's an easier fight to get to the top and kill the monster. Yeah, I didn't do it. I wandered around a whole bunch and couldn't figure out what I was doing. (laughs) I I played it a few times. It's beautiful, is probably the first thing to say about it. It looks incredible. So it's all like that weird hand-drawn animation-style stuff. It's all very bright, preppy. The sprites are fantastic. And like you said, I can imagine this looking incredible on a 4K screen just because of the amount of information you probably get. Yeah. Even though it's like, you're tiny. Couldn't read it. Like, Could it was, you not? Yeah, the text was far too small. Oh, so it? the text is reduced. Yeah, to everything's size well. reduced. Oh, okay. Like, your HUD is like, your character's in the middle of the screen and your HUD's like 5 million miles away and it's tiny. Oh, really? <laughs> so I bumped it down to like 1440p and it was still too small. Like, oh, really? Because the art is, the art, the scales. art on it is scaled to like 1080p. So when you bump up the resolution, it, yeah. its only option is to shrink the art. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, so anyway, um, I—I've been playing this on Switch Lite. Haven't played it on the TV at all. So slightly different experience to your um, your issues with the resolution and screen mm. stuff. 720p looks fantastic. Runs perfectly. 720p. You know, it's the Switch Lite. That's the screen resolution. <laughs> um, and I was fucking blown away by this for like a day. I was addicted to this. Um, and it doesn't take long to complete. Like I said, you've got the initial 10 minutes is that first try at the tower. Mm. Then after that, each each five or six day period should take two hours, two to three hours. And that's how long you've basically got to do those two dungeons and do the two anchors. And it's really easy to do that shit and then go take on Momo. The only difference is that once you get to the tower of Momo, so when you get to that final level, throughout the rest of the game, if you die, you just get brought back to your house. There's no real... Um, there's no real punishment for dying. Mm. But if you die in the Tower of Momo, as soon as you step foot in that tower, if you die, then it has to, you have to wait another hundred years and you have to basically pick the items you want your ancestor to inherit. Yeah, the toys. Yeah, and also the sword level. And if you don't, then then they don't get anything. I fucking loved this. 
Mm. So I was trying to find the, there are a couple of the game itself, because it's randomly generated, it's like a roguelike. So you've got like a base tile, which is your town and another base tile. That's your home. Mm. And then the rest is just randomly generated. And like I said, it seems that as time goes on. So first one, I had like a lot of lush green fields. Second run through, I had a few like a few streets with zombies. And then the third run, I had like a junkyard, I had another junkyard, I had like more streets, but they were cracked and decrepit and had more zombies and stuff like that. So it seems like the longer that Momo's in power, the more it fucks up the world, which I think is really, really cool. I think it's a really good idea. Um, When I finally beat it, I think I'd been playing for about six hours, seven hours. And I really fucking liked it. Like, it it feels a bit like playing one of those old Final Fantasy Game Boy games, but with um, action RPG instead of the turn-based stuff. They didn't do turn-based Final Fantasy games on the Game Boy. Yeah, they did. No, no, they did uh, action RPG ones. They were ports of Psyche and Densetsu. They had Final Fantasy Adventures on the Game Boy. Yeah, they're Psyche and Densetsu games. They're not Final Fantasy games. But they were all turn-based. No, they're action, action RPG. No. Yeah. No. Mm. Final yeah, Fantasy Adventure, where you play as a dead dude, that you're like a zombie that yeah, has Yeah, it's called Final Fantasy Legends in some parts of the world. But it's hmm. um, ports of the Game Boy, Seiken Densetsu, Sword of Mana and all that. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'll find out what the other game was. In play more like Zelda. Uh, I'll find out what the game I played was in a little bit then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really... Not Dragon Warrior. No, Dragon Warrior, I, I played... So Dragon Warrior, I played Dragon Warrior Joker. Which is the one where you collect monsters and you breed them. And that was on the DS, wasn't it? No, no, that was one on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dragon Warrior Quest or whatever. It wasn't called Joker at that time. It was called like Quest or something like that. But it was basically like a side game. Mm. Um, really, really fun. It was the first Dragon Warrior game I played. Uh, it was one of the black Game Boy carts. So I worked on color in the old one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Sword of Momo. Sword of Ditto. Sorry. You're um, a Momo. Sword of Ditto. Um, I really recommend it. I, I think Swords of Ditto. Swords of Ditto. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh. Swords of Ditto, Momo's, Momo's Quest. Quest Momo's yeah. something. Yeah, they, they added a subtitle to it. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. It plays mm. perfectly on the Switch Lite, and it's the kind of thing that you can sink a few hours in and not get bored. It has been... It's been one of those games that since I've completed, I've not felt the need to go back. I don't think there's much more I can really see once you've played through the whole thing. But I don't think that's like a detriment, because it's, it's not an expensive game. I think it's like five, ten quid. You get a lot of play yeah, out of that. That's about 15. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, you get a lot of play out of it and it looks fucking phenomenal. It is really, I think it'd be really good for kids that, that can't, like, I think Zelda's a bit, Legend of Zelda, the original, is a bit fucking hard to get into nowadays. No one plays the original Zelda for fun. No. No, especially not Zelda 2. Screw that. Zelda 2's fucking dog shit. But, um, nah, if, it's if, a good game. It's just obtuse as hell. Yeah, if your kids have played, like, say, Link's Awakening and you're looking for something... No, sorry. Uh, yeah, Link's Awakening or they've played um, A Link to the Past. Mm. No, kids looking... love Breath of the Wild now. That's what Really? We... Yeah, you give a kid Breath of the Wild, they friggin' eat up. Is it bad that I kind of enjoyed Link's Awakening remake a little bit more than Breath of the Wild? Yeah, they're two different games. Breath of the Wild, I think it came along at a time when there were too many open world Link's games. Awakening is, like, the best Zelda game. Like, yeah. It looks beautiful, the Switch remake as well. Mm. I really like it. I still haven't finished it because I don't want to. I've, I've managed to get through the entire game without losing, uh, dying once, and I don't want to die to the end of game boss. Why not just copy the save file? That's no. I'm just going to do it properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, sort of, I'd recommend it. It's not like, it, it's not perfect. I don't think it's ever, it was ever anyone's game of the year. And I think, to be honest, a lot of the reviews have been quite negative online. Mm. I was trying to find like some information about it before I bought it. And I was just seeing stuff like 60% for a lot of reviews. And I don't think that's really fair because it seems like there's a lot more to it than, than those, those user reviews. 
I don't know. Because if they use reviews, they're probably like, oh, it's got that Calyx art style I don't like. I don't know what that is. Because they're weirdos. It's, oh. You know the one they say, Steve, the ones who claim that Steven Universe and Adventure Time look the same. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no. they say, oh, it's an art style, like the Thundercats Raw and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Jesus and then they try and lump She-Ra in with it because they, they know that if they say that, all the weirdos will get angry. Like, She-Ra doesn't look like them. No, but well, they don't look like each other. <laughs> no. That's not saying, like, regular show looks like fucking Steven Universe or... Yeah. Regular show's closer to Adventure Time than yeah. Steven Universe is, but regular show even then is... It's a complete... It's like hand-drawn, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, How weird. Fucking weirdos. Really weird. People I want to rewatch Adventure Time. I'm thinking about doing the same. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, back to the review. Um, I give this... Um, I give this... Uh, Dermot Mulroney. Hey. Dermot Mulroney. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What, the yellow bastard? Which one was he? No, he's not the yellow bastard. He's a, he's a little Scottish guy, isn't he? From... No. Which one's he? Dermot Mulroney's the handsome dude from... Uh, from... Um, from that fucking awful Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis film. Talk up. I can't. Sorry, he's he basically plays a background character in a film called The Election, which is a Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell film, and he gets mixed up with. Okay, um, but why is that the? He gets mixed up with a lot of other actors that all look very similar, oh. and the whole thing is that it's quite similar to those other things. But if you've played those, or if you're looking for something new that kind of fits that mold, then this is that. Your review, Ant. What the fuck? Right, third review. Uh, let's do DC Legends of Tomorrow. It's this series is finished. You finished now. it? Yeah, only ended this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, that shows a lot of fun. Um, last episode I really wish in the other shows every now and again they were just like hey do you remember that time we were living in a dystopia for a week that was weird and then we never saw it because the legends are supposed to be still in canon and they are constantly breaking the timeline love it love that mess Um, but this whole series the whole bunch of ancient evil people like Vlad the Impaler and Marie Antoinette are coming back to life I think calling Marie Antoinette evil is maybe a bit too far she was just a dick Mm. Um, but um, yeah, they had they had fun with this series. Again, they've like I remember the first series. They were like, oh, it's a ragtag group of people, and they keep messing up stuff. But they'll learn. But eventually, they don't learn. They just keep making mistakes, and they then they fix it. And gradually, over the course of the years, this series has just started giving less and less shits about like being like the other shows. It's just going full silly, over the top, camp, brilliant, yeah. stupid stuff. Like, they ended one series with a demon fighting a giant fluffy cuddly bear. This series had a fight sequence where Cisco, a waxwork of Cisco, is singing Fong Song. I told you as, that. As, like, Ava's beating up friggin' Joseph Stalin with a shake yeah. weight. Like That was the one thing that annoyed me, is those 15 seconds. Well, it, I don't even know if it was 15 seconds. It might have just been five seconds of CGI wasted to have him dance to the Fong Song. No, that was Cisco. No, he was covered. He was silver, and he's doing the robot at one point in that fight scene. Oh no! And it really irritated yeah, me. Right. I was like, just use that for him to punch. Yeah, but Cisco someone. was Cisco. They got oh, yeah, Cisco. No, Cisco was Cisco. Yeah, yeah. Who hasn't aged somehow? No, because black don't crack, it's as Cisco. the kids say. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I think the standout episode was the one where um, Damien Dark comes back to sort of um, get Nora, you know, to visit Nora. He's been brought back to life. He's one of the encores, mm-hmm. and he's come back to talk to Nora about like you know, rejoining him on his quest of evil magic use and she's trying to make out that she can't because she's got engaged and it's, you know, but she's trying to hide that it's Ray. 
because Damien Dark hates Ray mm-hmm. a whole load. Um, and they make out Constantine and stuff, and Dark's okay with that because Constantine's a master of magic. So, you know, he's fine with that. But the whole thing, it was like a whole unravelling thing and good complex story stuff going on and, you know, Ray sort of being like, why don't you want him to find out it's me? So, because he'll kill you, pretty much. That's quite dangerous. We want to get him out of the house. But the whole thing led up to, like, Damien Dark accepting Ray and giving him some advice that, like, you know get out of this Legends nonsense, stop trying to be a hero and just give my daughter a good life because she never had a good life. Mm. Um, and then he walks outside and kills himself with one of the weapons. Like, Damien Dark does something selfless and, you know, it was like probably the best standout episode of the whole series. Yeah. Um, they get a lot of use out of Constantine's house in this series as well. Yeah, they like, do. Every other episode, they end up locked back in there. Um, how is he paying the rent on that? Isn't it the house that has no place? No, well, I guess so, but I mean, it's a big old house and people visit it. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't have rent. Like it just moves whenever. Hmm. So, like in the comics, I mean, it's in it's in Norfolk in this or something. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, but no, they they keep like reusing it. There's like, there's some weird stuff going on. Like the second to last episode where it's all like they're setting different TV shows and they're, mm. they're all like sort of taking the multi dimensional stuff they did in the previous series where reality keeps shifting, but this time it's like. TV shows of the reality they're stuck Everybody in. Everybody hates goo. Everybody eats goo. Except for blue mush. goo. Mush. Blue mush. Sorry, yeah, it's mush. It. Everybody hates mush. Nobody wants to eat mush. Except for blue mush is pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, Sirius was good. The guy they had playing um, friggin' Rasputin in that one episode, he was quite entertaining. Yeah, he's in um, everything right now. Yeah. He plays a demon in Wyona Up and a load of other shit as no well. No one watched Wyona Up. I watched all of Wyona Up. Jesus. But um, it's a fun time. They've they've been doing stuff with Gary. They had like Gary being yeah, who is, Constantine's what assistant. Who is Gary now? Oh, Michael Eklund. He like basically plays. He's his fucking. He's in everything. Mm. He's he's just. I think he, he looks a lot Full like a the, sentence. He looks a lot like the guy that used to play um, Dennis Penis. Yeah, you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks a lot like that guy. And they've done films together, but they're actually two different people. But this guy, he has a fucking ridiculous filmography. Um, I don't know who he is. Yeah, he played Rasputin. He was in Van Helsing as well. Oh. Weiner Up, Cold Pursuit. The Twilight Zone, he was in a couple of episodes. Well, the Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. No, Van Helsing, the TV show. No, not worth it. He played Abraham Van Helsing in that. Yeah. Um, In Weiner Up, he was in 19 episodes. No one he played, Earth. He played Bobo Del Rey, which was one of the heads of demons that were trapped within Wine Earth's little village. He was in Dirk Gently's Holistic um, Detective Agency. He played one of the, the emotion vampires. Yeah. 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 You remember that? No. He's in Altered Carbon. No. Uh, the you don't need to just died. read out his IMDb. No one cares. Okay. But no. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a fun little series. I like that they avoided doing... They, kept, they promised that they wouldn't do a crossover last year. So apparently Sarah's promised her crew she won't get involved in crossovers, but mm. they got involved in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. But seeing as that takes place the week before the show starts, I think, I think they give them a bit of leeway there. Yeah. You know, that's just turning up. But the rest of the team didn't tear, turn up in that Crisis on Infinite Earths, did they? All kind of, most of them kept to themselves, apart from Ray and a couple of them in one episode, they turn up for a little bit. Well, didn't that, also, didn't that also bring together... Didn't the Titans have a cameo in that as well? Not yeah, really. there was like it was Robin and it was They showed Falcon. some beef at each. It was, yeah, it was Hawk and Robin and they just run into shot and then the light washes over. Them. Yeah, that was all the thing when people were going about 
kind of nerds were getting super excited about all that stuff. And so it's literally going to be a shot that could have been filmed in, like they probably filmed them in their homes and shit. Like Burt Ward walking down the street going, mm. holy apocalypse or whatever. And what's her face from Birds of Prey? One of the one of the actors from the Birds of Prey series in the 90s is the villain in Batwoman, which I think is kind of weird because oh. she looks too young. Yeah. Because that was 20 years ago now, Birds of Prey. It was. Um, but she looks like she's in her mid-20s, but apparently she's not. She's like late late, um, late 30s because she was like 16 in Birds of Prey. Well, look at... Um, what's her name from Deadpool? Plays Deadpool's partner in that. She's almost yeah, yeah, 50. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's a lovely lady. She's been active for 25 years. Yeah, she's been around for Firefly and shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Marina Baccarin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, they friggin' new series... Legends of Tomorrow, it's fun. Yeah. I like this camp and silly. They still they need to do an episode where they get trapped in the 60s Batman series. Like, they need to do... Like, because they never show Batman properly in it's, it's the DC that, universe. It's good that they've given so, up on the serious shit. Like, because hmm. Jefferson yeah. and and the first series and Simon... Um, not Steve... Not Stephen Amell. Robbie Amell. Robbie Amell and all that shit and, like, the connection to the Flash and, and hmm. all that other stuff... I think as soon as they let that go, they were like, well, we don't actually need to be tied to any... No, they just go silly. Yeah, and it's like, what sets do we have on the back lot? Let's just fucking do it. What costumes do we have in storage? Let's just fucking do it. Yeah, having a fun time. The Flash is always going to be linked to those four locations because it's special effects heavy and it's kind of hard to... Hard to avoid having high budget special effects episodes. Mm. Legends of Tomorrow, we're on the ship. That's our one sh- one set. Next scene, we're in a fucking alleyway. And like next scene, we're in the seventies. We're on a campsite. We're in a field. Mm. Like they get away with doing so much with just a, a way smaller budget than those other shows. Some odd stuff in this series. They um, Enchantress turns up in one episode for a cameo for one scene. And then never turns up again. Who was Enchantress again? Um, it was the bit where you see Charlie explaining what happened when she hid the Loom of Fate. And she gave part of the fate to the Enchantress. Oh. Like in ancient Egyptian times. Like this was... Really pre-possessing... Um, what's mm. her face from that one film? Um, but like, yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, the Enchantress, she's probably put a really complex spell on it. And it's like, yeah, you just chuck the Enchantress in there randomly. Mm. As if she's was just... Was it Cara Delevingne? No, no, no. no. It, it, was, um, it was like supposed to be like her original form, I think, before oh, okay. she turns into an ancient before spirit that died. possesses people yeah. and all that. But I just thought it was kind of funny that they just chucked Enchantress in as a, like a random, hmm. like the the main villain of That's Suicide a weird Squad, choice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, they've been leaning into the magical stuff a lot more, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know that's fine, and you know giving Constantine a bit more of life. It's nice to see Matt Ryan doing stuff. It's good that he. This is his third series on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He still only got a special guest appearance. Was like, he, he was a series regular last season. Yeah, he always says special guest appearance. Oh, yeah, he's never actually had him in the main credit. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. He loves no. that fucking character. No, he plays him in all the animated series now as well. Yeah, yeah. He's he has fun with it. Well, he's found something that works for him. Yeah, I think that you know, I don't think that there was much call for him outside of Constantine before this, was there? Like, um, Rory just basically just keeps wandering off and doing his own thing for the whole series. Yeah, Rory's just disappearing here and there, isn't he? Yeah, he's not in it as much, but it's clearly like he's got the whole thing with his daughter that he accidentally created when they were in the 80s. Mm. Um, or night, where well, yeah, I guess it was the 80s, late 80s party, wasn't it? But um, yeah, there's a whole thing where he's just sort of like connecting with his daughter, but it just means that every now and again he gets to wander off and do his own thing Yeah, for an episode. Which is, you know, it's fine. Rory's, Rory's a fun time. Yeah, it's a shame that he's not an animal. But, like, mm. really, what could they do with his powers as? 
Is he not a flamethrower? That's sort of burning stuff and punching people. Yeah. That's like kind of all he does. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like him. He writes novels. Do you remember when he was like all burnt up, like in the Flash? Like that was kind of the thing. Was he had like all scars and shit? Did he? Yeah, I can't remember that. No. So that was kind of the thing. Like he was a firebug, and like he had scars up his neck and shit. And, like that's nah, probably someone else. No, probably a different timeline. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah. All right. That's no, cool. It was, it was fun stuff. They, I watched some of it and yeah, I agree. It was yeah. fun. Um, yeah. There's another series next year. They ended this series with um, with Thingy getting Sarah. She gets died just as they finished and saved the day and they're having their let's go back to the ship and carry yeah. on. She gets taken up by a big old what tubey thing. It looks like, I mean, it, it looks kind of like a boom tube, but yeah. I don't think it is a boom tube. It seems like they've all potentially, <clears throat> well, some of them potentially been kidnapped, not just her. No, it's only her you see what game lifts up at the end. Because I thought they were all in their own little places at the end. No, no. Oh, okay. No, they go to the concert and then oh, Charlie's yeah, yeah. like, I'm going to stay here. And as they're walking back to the ship, Sarah's behind him and she gets transported up. Yeah. But um, I, I, I doubt it'll be anything to do with boom tubes or anything. I reckon it'll be <clears throat> like some secret government agency kidnapping her or something. That's what they'll do. It'll be like, I don't know, they've actually created a timeline where Cadmus run the time brewer or something. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, what could it possibly be? Like outside of Brainiac or something like that? I can't think of it. <clears throat> or actually, potentially. Um, they'll keep Brainiac in Supergirl. Who's their, first, who's their version of Kang? Uh, the time guy. They've got like a version of someone who manages a time stream that's not. Human. Oh, they're all dead. No, no, like they've got like a villain that's like time stream centric. Really? Yeah. Don't know, don't think so. No, I can't remember what the name of him is. They're, they're Vandal Savage for a while, but no, like this died. is like this is like basically someone who sees all of time. They're like a god, but they they yeah. try and correct things. But when they say correct, they mean they try and enslave people or like fuck up time. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Um, all right, yeah, that's fun. Season six next year, is it six? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Why can't they make the other shows 15 episodes long? I like Why these short series. Make the other shows good. Um, make your face good. Yeah, man. All right. <gasps> review whatever lame-ass thing you're going to review now. I'm going to review the total sum of, I think it's, I think it's at this point, um, 13 comics in the DC, Deceased event. What? Comics? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to talk about Deceased. Oh, God. Yeah, you remember Marvel Zombies? Yeah, that was all right. DC's have done one now. Yeah. DC's done one, they call it Deceased. Yeah. So the story is that Cyborg right, he's part boom tube and uh, fucking uh, old matey boy, old dark seed up top, right? He was like, listen here, mate, you got the uh, boom tube in you, so you're going to give me the anti-life equation, yeah? And he's like, I don't want to fucking do shit like that. And he's like, well, too late, too late, mate. It's in there. That's exactly how he talks. And to get out of him, he's like, listen here, governor, look, you fucking, you got this out of you now. What's he going to do? And then Darkseid's like, oh, I'm going to pull my own face off now. And he's like, what are you doing that for? It's Darkseid. Like, Darkseid. Uh, Darkseid's like, I'm going to pull my own face off now. He's like, what the fuck are you pulling your own face off for? And he's like, I looked at my phone. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then Cyborg goes, I'm pulling my own face off, but send a text. Pulling my own face off, mate. Goes down to earth. Everyone gets it. They start pulling off of their faces. <laughs> and then suddenly everyone's got a disease. No. That's the plot of this. That's literally the plot. That's the actual plot. That's the actual plot of Deceased. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Cyborg, he has half the anti-life equation inside of him. Um, dark Side. Dark yeah. Side, yeah. His name's Dark, dark Side. They say it quite often. Dark Side has the other half in him. Well, he knows the other half. But he's never been able to crack it. Um, so they combine those two. It turns out it's imperfect, though. 
So it creates unlife. So it causes everyone who sees a computer screen, which is what it's broadcast on, because Cyborg sends it out. Yeah. It causes them to go insane, start pulling their own faces off, and then it becomes a bloodborne parasite. It's a digital disease. Yeah. And you can't write of XA to sort that out. Yeah, something like that. Mm. So there's been three comics linked to this. Um, there's been Deceased, which is the main story, it's six issues, as the mainline superheroes. Then you've got, um, you've got Deceased, um, like, uh, Hope at World's End, which is, um, old Jimmy Boy doing his old photography. Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen doing his yeah. old photography. And then you've got Unkillables, Deceased Unkillables, which are your, um, your, I, I guess A-list villains. You've got some A-listers in there. Um, that are all people that are even imbued with, um, mystical regenerative powers that seems to make them partially immune to the disease or people that are incredibly well-trained assassins. So essentially just like the villains that are good at killing, getting together, killing people and trying to survive the apocalypse. Um, the main, the main six issues of deceased is pretty boring. Um, because the problem is that although the disease is something that can affect people like Superman, the flash, wonder woman, it all kind of goes the way you expect it to. Like Batman outfix the virus for a little while, but then he doesn't and he has to leave messages and helps people and leaves recordings and plants the seeds for a future for the human race, basically. Um, Superman gets it, but because of his alien body, he sort of holds it off for a long time. So he gets to do a little victory lap and say goodbye to everyone. And then he flies up into the sun, um, which it, it, in an interesting little thing, they speculate that it's potentially either the virus is trying to kill everyone on Earth by going into the sun and then slowly absorbing the radiation until there's nothing left for humanity to survive. But when they're talking about that, they're like, but that would take millions of years. And it's like, I don't think the virus cares. It's just the end game is death, which is kind of like a nice little chilling little thing there. Mm. But still, it's just like, oh, well, Superman, the big bad's gone. Um, the Flash gets infected and gets taken out. Then the like the B Squad Flash team. So like they've got Jesse Quick and um, they've got Barry Burton, young Barry Burton, Barry Allen, Barry Allen, yeah, young Barry Allen. Barry sorry. Burton's from Resident Evil. Sorry, yeah, yes. Jeez, um, he's not fast. <laughs> and they've got um, Wally West. They're all like obviously they're like the B side of Flash team. They basically save as many people as they can. And then there's another dude that I don't recognise. He's not the old school Flash with the tin hat. He's like got this weird disco color. He's like a 70s rendition of the Flash. Mm. Max something. No idea. I've never read a comic with him in it before. But he gets bitten. And he, instead of dying or transforming into the monster, they basically do that thing where they go into hyperspeed. So they're thinking so fast that they basically, essentially freezing time. Mm. And he starts running to the point where he pushes against the speed force and disintegrates into the speed force. And the idea is that even though they've got the virus, if they do that, they become like a speed force specter. So they're just like forever running. And that's kind of like their Valhalla. That's kind of what he wants, um, which is nice. But yeah, so they like always, that's... They always disintegrate these freaking But yeah, that's like... types. It's a really simple story. And it, it ends up being... A lot of it is that the villains rise up. So like Poison Ivy creates um, like a haven. So she uses the plants to make like a big impenetrable wall. Hmm. And then within that wall, you've got Constantine and Dr. Fate are both using their magic to sort of create a shield in there as well. So basically, they make a haven where anyone who's not infected can enter, but anyone who is infected is stopped. And they just, like, they're hatching a plan in there, and I think eventually they go off to another dimension. That's kind of the idea. Um, and yeah, like, it, you know, they all have their... It, it's, it is like a scorched earth thing. They're like, abandon all hope. Fuck it. We're done here. Let's leave. 
Like that's kind of it. But the nice stories, the the better stories, actually end up being the Jimmy Olsen and the and the um, Unkillables ones. So with the Jimmy Olsen story, he um, he's got his camera, and obviously, like he's always looking for the lens of his camera. And so there's a moment when everybody's getting infected. And he's like, "Oh, my camera doesn't have like Wi-Fi or anything like that. I just take pictures with it, so it's not connected to anything that would cause it mm. to get the virus." And so he's taking pictures, and he tells the story of how the big villains and and heroes fell, and like little side stories that you don't get to see in Unkillables or in the mainstay. And that's nice, and it fleshes stuff out. But it's a digital only comic, so it's formatted a bit weird. It doesn't feel like an actual comic. So the pages are all like um, landscape, and they're all like wide digital art pages. Whereas some of the other issues are like proper like page style. So, you know, formatting means a lot when you're telling a story. When you're turning a page, the reveal of a double spread is obviously shocking. And that doesn't really have any of that impact. It's a bit sad. Um, get real comics. Yeah. Uh, but the actual, the actual story itself is strong enough. And in the end, Jimmy sort of like, he's sowing the seeds for recording what happened to try and prevent it happening in the future. But also, he's part of some of those rescue efforts that mean they're going to be off planet, so they're leaving. Um, and so then, you don't get to see Jimmy Olsen rip his face off. No, he gets like scratched. He's losing an eye. He lost an eye. Like, oh, he, like, got that's not up. enough. Um, and then Unkillables, which is the most interesting of the three, mm. which I didn't expect. Um, so Slade Wilson, Cheetah, Solomon Grundy, Mirror Master, uh, Captain Cold, um, and who is the other guy? I can't remember who the other person is. Um, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, basically, it's just a team of villains. Like, you've got Red Hood in there as well. You've got Batgirl. You've got Commissioner mm. Gordon. Um, Commissioner Gordon has gathered up. He's basically um, gone to an orphanage to try and, like, get rid of get the kids out of town when all this crazy shit's happening. Um, the problem is he got there a little bit too late, so they've cordoned off, like, a couple of floors where they're, the infected have been rounded up into a room and they've been locked in that room. They've managed to make sure that the rest of the place is clean, so they've sort of made it into a little safe haven for them. Um, and they're locked down in there. He has enough food and shit like that and resources, so they've got kind of a plan. So basically, he's just going to... they got like 12% of a plan. Yeah. That's a marvel he's... thing. <laughs> he's His idea is that eventually the soups will come and save them, like Batman's still out there, you know, someone's still out there, there'll be some hope. Um, and so he's looking after these 42 kids, and it's him and the other guys. Um, Mirror Master ends up opening a portal to them because one of the people there, Batgirl, is daughter of Talia al Ghul. And so all these villains end up sort of lumping in with the orphans. But before they do, Mirror Master gets infected, so he can't travel with them. And Captain Cold gets infected. Captain Cold has kind of one of the best deaths. So there's like a, there's like a big level threat that gets infected and he's like invading their, their, um, ice fortress he's basically made them. And as he's crashing through the ice, he's just basically shooting more ice. So he's just like reinforcing this thing. And he's like, get out of here. Go on, get out the mirror. And he goes, you realize that glass is like a mirrored, sur- like um, ice is like a mirrored surface. And he's like, look, I don't care. Just go get everyone else out and then come back for me. I'll keep doing this. And then as soon as he turns away, like this hand just comes through and breaks his neck. And then Mirror Master's hand is just going and you see like this thing try and grab him as he goes through. Mm. And immediately when he comes back, he's just like, someone bites him. And um, and a running thing throughout the rest of it is that he appears in mirrors like his zombified <coughs> version because they're like slightly brainless. He's like working out how to get in stuff. So in some of the panels, you can see him standing behind people in mirrors and shit. And you're like, hmm. what's he up to? Um, no, but yeah, like it's it, all in all, it sort of it human it humanizes a lot of these villains. Slade's still a dick throughout, so he's constantly pushing the kids to do their best. And like he's like, look, you need to do this, you need to do that. 
Um, Solomon Grundy like immediately warms to kids because Solomon Grundy's never really been a villain or a hero. It depends on who's manipulating him at the time because it's all magic shit. Um, Cheetah warms up to one of the little kids and there's a very sweet and endearing relationship there. Like all in all, like for all of these characters that are often just like, you know, not really humanized, usually like villains in the DC universe get the short end of the stick. Mm. Like it's like, oh, why'd you keep robbing banks? It's like, nah. I'm going to get caught. It's like, yeah, but every time you get out, you don't try and rehabilitate. No one tries to rehabilitate. Riddler did. Riddler did? Yeah, he's a detective. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't yeah. he? Even the Joker had a period where he joined the GCP. Yeah, but the Joker, wasn't it like he's constantly rehabilitated, yeah. like quotation marks. Um, I really enjoyed Unkillables. Out of all of these seasons, uh, seasons, out of all these series linked to Deceased, this has sort of felt like the one that's had the most worth to it. Hmm. Um, mostly because like the message is like, Look, if we come together, we can do some pretty great stuff. Like, kids do die in it. Like, it's it doesn't shy away from... When Mirror Master does finally, like, break out, They he happens to do it when they're on a bus. And it's really great. Jim Gordon's driving the bus. And Slade's behind him, like, basically, like, going, like, okay, if we head towards the dock, and he's like, I know where we're heading. And then Mirror Master reaches out, and Slade's fast enough to pull Jim Gordon out of the driving seat. Mm. And he sort of jumps in. And as he jumps in, the hand comes in and gets his other eye. And he's like, look, it's fine. I can't be infected and he'll grow back. Just keep an eye on the kids. And Jim Gordon's basically trying to play catch up and trying to stop Mirror Master from gra- mm. grabbing kids and dragging them out the windows. And it's just this really nice little, like, I can imagine this being a good animated, like, DC animated movie in the mm. last few they've done. And um, it won't happen now, obviously. But yeah, like, just really well drawn as well. Oh, I'm sure they'll it. make the animated films miserable and violent again. Oh, I hope so. Um, mm. But yeah, like, really, really good and really fun and just... There's a nice message at the end. They have everyone who falls in like the, the trip out and it like a lot of people die, including Jim Gordon, sadly, which is like the first time I think he's died on, died like. Probably died a million times old. He's, he's in some of them. I think clones of him have died, but I don't think like the main stage. Well, that time he was like, Batman. It's supposed to be the main universe, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, like Jim Gordon gets taken out and like goes out like a hero. Slade goes out like a hero. One really, really good panel is Slade's on top of like basically a growing pile of bodies. Like pulling his leg out with a sword, like shooting them in the head and stuff like that. And then Wonder Woman just flies through him. Mm. <laughs> just eviscerates him. Because like the whole thing is, as long as Slade Wilson's body, as long as his organs stay like together, as long as there's something that he can grow back from, she just eviscerates every every single thing. Cheetah gets her neck snapped. Oh. Solomon Grundy gets a like obliterated. Like she takes both her hands and just slams him into either side of his head. Like the whole book, the art is fucking phenomenal I really enjoyed it and also I like the fact that instead of the villains getting bios when it comes to the actual like siege on the orphanage and they have to fight back the little kids get bios as if they're going to fight and then mm. Jim Gordon and Slade Wilson are just dragging them off to get them to the bus they're like you're not meant to fight now you're meant to fight when we're like there's none of us left so mm. no not yet but they've got like little bios and stuff and they call themselves rock lobsters and say rock lobsters fight together until the end it's just it's very sweet and that's been listening to friggin B-52s. B-52s, yeah. It's just really sweet for a comic that's all about zombies. And that was kind of what was missing from the Marvel zombies stuff. That initial run, the shock of it was really good and the art was really good and the idea was really good. But there wasn't any growth from that. There wasn't anywhere to go. Mm. And then I think when they finally did find a place to go, it was, well, let's send Machine Man into this world and make him make inhumane choices, but then questioning his own humanity, which is kind of an interesting angle. And then you had, um, finally, you had, I think, the third volume of Marvel Zombies. They realised if they didn't eat brains and flesh, they would start becoming, they'd retain their intelligence, they'd start going back to normal. So you had depressed Spider-Man, because Spider-Man's always depressed. And he's basically like, I ate my wife, I ate my aunt, 
<laughs> oh god, what have I done? And they're like, well, we just need to make this dimensional portal and we can save people. He's like, he's like oh god. They just, they're just, they just want to do zombies because zombies are, f- everyone loves zombies now. Well, it's, it's always popular, isn't it? Zombies yeah. for some reason. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I did enjoy it. Like, are we going to get Beano zombies? <laughs> I did enjoy it. Like, Unkillables is probably the best thing of it. Mm. Um, Hope at World's End is, is interesting. I think that, yeah, we're going to see more comics from DC's, DC like that because haven't they broken their partnership with the printing company they previously used? I don't know. So we're going to get a lot of digital stuff from them soon. I hope they format it better. It's all I want. Because even when you're reading stuff on, um, I've got that um, Viz Media app for all the anime stuff. Mm. Even that, when like the formatting is page, and then double spread, it'll show you a page, and then it'll do the double spread on a single thing. So it's a bit weird. But yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, DC, in, in general, it's like a mixed bag. But you mm. know, um, I think Unkillables is worth reading. <laughs> and it tells you what's happening. You don't really need to read the other ones to know. It sort of just explains it in like a page, basically. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, here we go. I miss when they just stop bank robbers. See, I kind of miss that shit too. Like, that's what one story is in an issue. That's one and of the, the nice, over. That's one of the nice things about <laughs> Spider-Man comics are that like you'll have single issue stories and stuff still. And mm. you'll have like even like the big stuff. When he's trying to work out what Rhino's up to or some shit like that, he'll still be catching bank robbers and catching like thieves and stuff like that and helping people. I want Batman to be sorting out Joker's boner. Did you ever read uh, Craven's Last Hunt? Oh, God, years ago. There was a follow-up to that, um, The Hunted. Craven's Day Out. <laughs> there was a follow-up called um, Amazing Spider-Man Hunted, hmm. whereas all the animal-themed um, supervillains and heroes... Basically, Craven had cloned himself, like made like a, you know, with the jackal. You know the jackal. The jackal was the guy who was responsible for the clone saga. All right, the jackal clone helped, saga sucked. Yeah, it did. But the jackal helped Craven. Basically, Craven's dying of cancer, and he's helped him make essentially a son. It's like a sire to carry on, but he's like super powerful and stuff. Um, and Craven's basically asking him to hunt these people, but do it with respect. And he's like. It's like, oh yeah, I'll do it with respect. He's not. He's set up like traps to like take him out from afar and like all this other horrible shit. Spider-Man gets lumped in there with everyone else. And uh, he's basically trying to get the villains to help him and work together. And it's pretty great. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really, it's really fun. Um, but it's also like the art style is great in that as well. And Lizard gets a nice moment. I fucking love Lizard. Loads of people, I, I think he's a great villain. And I think also like the fact that he has... Depending on depending on what the cause of his of his mutation, like they've been clever to say that there are different stages of his mutation, different ways that it works, and he can be an out and out villain, but most of the time the way it works is the pheromones that people use to manipulate him because he's just fully animal, like at various points in his in his career as a supervillain. But yeah, I like him. No, yeah, he should just be a lizard man with a with a laboratory coat on. I like to, um, and he goes, "I'll get you." Spider-Man, he they hisses did, on his S's. They did a secondary stuff. mutation storyline for him where he couldn't control it. That's too much. Keep him just... Well, it was really interesting because he just like... he. he There's like, one normal sleeve and one that's ripped because well, he had it pinned up when the arm came through. The thing was like... So his his plot is always like, let's turn everyone into lizards or let's turn my son yeah. into a lizard or some shit like that. Mr. Lizard. Like, so basically the storyline is that there's hints that Lizard's back and he's like plotting to do that. But the secondary mutation kicks in right after he starts planning it. So it goes from Spider-Man being like, oh, I found all these notes. And he's like going through the notes. And then you remember the Resident Evil note where it's like itchy, smelly, tasty, good. Mm. 
Like it's like that. So he's like, he's like, oh, I see what he's gonna do. I see what he's gonna. Oh, oh there's a picture of a hunk of meat here. Hmm. Oh, and it's like it's really sad. He's basically just regressed so far into an animal. He's not even planning anymore. He's just like living in the sewers. He'll like, get back to the plan eventually. He's just like a crocodile that's almost flushed down the toilet. It's kind of sad. I like that. That's I like that villain. It's like I like Scorpion. I think people write Scorpion off a lot, but there's been interesting turns with Scorpion as well. Mm. Yeah, your review, Ant? No. All right. Okay. Right. I watched. Uh, what did I watch? Kishu Sentai Ryu Soldier versus Kaito oh, Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Kaito Sentai Thingy Sentai Pata Ranger. I can't remember what the Japanese. I was hoping is. you were going to say you watched Ju on the series. No, um, they did a movie, a crossover movie between the Ryu Soldiers, it was last year's Super Sentai team, and the Lupin Rangers and Pata Rangers of the year before. Um, and it's just been subtitled by some people. It got released. It got released in December last year, but it's only just come out on Blu-ray in Japan. I think it went straight on the streaming site, actually, before the Blu-ray release, because, like, COVID and stuff, no one's going out mm. in Japan now. But um, this is a nice movie. It's one of their usual clashes where they get the two teams, well, three teams in this case, crossing over and having a bit of a fight. But it's nice and low-key. It's like there's no... The main villain threat is that he's a gangler who were the bad guys in Lupin Ranger, and they had, like, safes on him, and they yeah. store... They stored Lupin, the Lupin the Third's treasures in safes, and it gave them powers. But after Lupin Ranger versus Pater Ranger, all those treasures have been rounded up. So now what he does is he's he's escaped from some prison, and he's put the Ryu soldiers' Zords in his safe. So like he's now got the powers of all the Zords, so he can like you know breathe fire and ice and wind and all this sort of shit. And the whole main thing comes around is that. To open up the saves normally, they put one of the little dial fighter things that they use as weapons in the show, clip them onto the safe, it unlocks the safe, they get the item. Yeah. Sometimes you need two of those to unlock a safe. And it's like, oh, all of his need two. and But then they do, they all turn gold, which means that they have to open all of them at the same time. And there's not enough Lupin Rangers to do that. They haven't got enough dial fighters. So they're faced with the threat that they're going to have to kill the monster and kill all the Zords that are inside him at the same time. Because that's what happens. Anything that's inside him would be destroyed when he gets destroyed. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is like the Ryu soldiers go, we might have to kill our buddies because their Zords aren't just robots. They're like living creatures that talk and communicate with them and have their own little adventures and stuff, mm. their own personalities. Um, and it's like, it's a nice low key one. It kind of feels like it was two episodes of the show that were turned into a movie, like given an extra 10 minutes. It's only like an hour long because, you know, that's what these versus movies are like. Cause they're usually packaged with other stuff. It's like a, you know, when they show those movies, it's like taking the kids out for an afternoon and giving them a whole bunch of stuff to watch in one afternoon. Um, but it's it's just nice and low-key, simple fun. A little bit of silliness here and there. The loop, You catch up with the Lupin Rangers and what they're doing because they're living all undercover because they're, you know, they're still wanted by the police. Although the Pater Rangers have no interest in actually arresting them because they sort of like go, yeah, to be fair, being a thief was pretty cool. So we are okay with us, mate. And they just let him go about the business. But they're sort of like one of them's hiding out as a restaurant owner. One of them's gone to college because she was like 16 in the series. Yeah. Which made it a bit creepy when one of the police officer ones was obsessing over all the time. <laughs> um, she looks different now. Like, it's only been, like, I guess it's been two years since they filmed her series. And she mm. looks like she's aged, like, from being, like, schoolgirl to a full blown adult now. It's like weird little. It's only been a couple of years, but she doesn't look exactly the same anymore. Her, no. face, her face has gone. 
more angular. There's lots of tricks and stuff that they can do to make people appear older. Yeah, but she she looked like a like barely a child in the last series. Mm. She looked a little bit too young to be in the show, but that's common. They love to take kids out of school, make them act in Japan. Um, apparently they still have to do all their studies while they're doing yeah, this. And it's like American. a year-long friggin' show that they do in films. Same as in America, I they've got specific tutors. I don't, you never watched Love, the Netflix series, did you? No, why would I? Well, that's the guy's job. He's basically like a one-on-one tutor for like one of the kids who's like... Imagine like uh, Kirsten Stewart and Twilight, but younger. Mm. Yeah, it's like a witch school program. Yeah, they do this for like the whole year. Yeah, they, they shoot Japan. like they shoot for months and months. Like They'll mm. miss like back end of one year and then they'll come back in the... Uh, yeah, winter. they lose an entire year in Japan. Plus, yeah. the, the, I don't know how they have the time to do it. Like, the shows, it's ridiculous. They do 52 shows a year plus movies and then all the bonus stuff. Like, where do they have the time? Well, I mean, probably Jeez. the easiest way to do it is find... You, you'd have shooting days that are scheduled based on scenes and setting. Mm. You could probably knock it out doing four days a week and then mm. have, like, three rest days. It's crazy, man. They must be knackered over the course of that show because they don't, they don't have a culture of going on holiday in Japan. They just keep working. They must be, must be wrecked. Like halfway through the series, let's shut down production on the current ones because everyone got COVID. Yeah. Um. But no, this this Ryu Soldier versus Lupin Ranger versus Pato Ranger. It's a fun, fun time. It does feel like a little bit like maybe it was meant to be a two episodes in the series, mm. and at some point they decided, you know what, let's move it out and make it a movie, and we'll because the Ryu Soldier could have done with maybe a little bit of speeding up at a couple of points. So maybe you know maybe it could have. Who knows? Probably not. Probably they. Probably they made the decision early on it was going to be a movie. But it is weird. It's the second crossover movie they've done that year. Normally they only do one at a time. But they did Lupin Ranger versus the Q Rangers um, earlier last year. So it's a bit strange that they did two of them in one year. It's not not normal for them. Yeah. Like usually usually the winter movie is the crossover movie every year. Um, but no, it's, it's a good fun time. I liked it. Lots of action. Lots of the, like, the old team. Lupin Rangers, everyone loves them. Friggin... They're cool. You're never going to see them get adapted to Power Rangers because, you know, Americans wouldn't want to depict thieves as being honourable and, mm. and stuff. they got a weird thing about that. Um, you know, and the police are sort of antagonistic at certain times. They're not really bad guys, but they're, they're like, they're the ones usually getting in the way of the Lupin Rangers plot, which is the main plot. Yeah. Um, so I doubt they'd ever adapt that for America. They're doing Rear Soldier next. They're turning into Dino Fury. Power Rangers. Would you say it's a good entry point for anyone who doesn't watch Power Rangers? What? The the series that you just recommended. No, the series you just recommended. I don't review the series. Oh, I'm talking sorry, about film. Film. Sorry, sorry. You said two to three episodes. Sorry. No. Would you say it's a good point for anyone who wants to just jump in or does it have no, to be? No, because you're not going to know any of the characters. Okay. It's it's set right at the end of Rear Soldier and a year after Lupin Ranger versus Battle Ranger. Alright. Yeah. But it, it's a fun old time. In the end... Nothing they do a thing. Really they do a thing which helps them create some more dial fighters they can use, so they can all team up on the villain and open it all up. I can't remember if there was a mecha battle in it. I've got a feeling there wasn't, which is a bit unusual. So you didn't have any megazords? No, I'm pretty sure. Well, the zords were all trapped inside the thing the whole time. I've got a feeling there wasn't because he's a gangler, and the ganglers are grown in the series by having one of the villains come out, and she uses a medic power she has yeah. to give him a second life, but she's dead. So there's no way of making them grow in this. So and the Ryu soldier, the way they grow in that is like they the more they rampage, the bigger they get. Mm. But um, yeah, the main villain doesn't do that. He's not got a big threat. He's not going to take over the world. He just wants to cause some havoc and be a bit of a dick. No, oh. um, you know, and it just yeah, it just feels weirdly low key and 
fun time. I like, the, weird, I like the loop. Yeah, it's weird to not have an end of the world scenario. Because yeah. I watched a Carmen Rider one the other day and it was all of history being erased and it was like <laughs> crazy. And there was like a third Carmen Rider in the 70s that got created by some time travel device nonsense the villains were doing. And mm. He killed the original two Carmen Riders and changed the future so it was taken over by the villains. And there was like a giant robot and the Super Sentai team that were around at that time turned up and fought the giant robot. Like <laughs> That was a big old end of the world scenario. But this one's just like, yeah, we're going to have a fight in a quarry. Sort it out. Good old quarry fight. Classic. Love a quarry fight. Fight. Uh, yeah. Fright. Even the Power Rangers movie in 2017 fit a quarry fight in. Oh yeah, had like quarry yeah. training. Yeah, they got they had a big old. That was their first morphed fight. Was yeah, in they the quarry. came out of the war. They fought some quarry monsters. Yeah, that's what you need. It's, it was an important thing. You just, just fought, didn't you? Yeah, it was a big fight. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the Rear Soldier versus Looper Ranger versus Power Ranger. It's a fun time. It was packaged with um, Kira Major Episode Zero. Why is that? Well, okay, normally, when they do a versus movie, a cameo from the next team happens. Yeah. So you'd be, oh, this is the new team that's going to be in series. But they didn't do that for this. What they did instead was they did, like, a special episode where, like, it was like a preview episode for the series. Yeah. So they introduced four of the team members. The fifth, the Red Ranger's there, but he's not a member of the team yet. Okay. And it was like a whole preview episode. And they packaged that with the film. It was like you watch the film and then got that Kira Major preview. And it was like a slightly different approach because I, I'm guessing they did it because they, you know, they wanted to flesh out the first episode a little more. Maybe the first, because I think the first episode of Kira Major focuses on the Red Ranger a lot and doesn't really introduce you to the rest of the team. Yeah. And that's been a problem in other series where they have to then play catch up afterwards. So I think they did the episode zero thing to give you an introduction to the whole team so that when the series actually starts, you've got a little bit of a foot up and they're not wasting so much of the first episode. Because they only get 20 minutes an episode. They have to run through it pretty quick. Mm. But um, yeah, it was just weird not having a cameo this year. So they did that. Apparently, if you watch the whole thing together with the Kira Major bit added on, which I didn't watch, mm. um, the end credit sequence has like, you know, Glitter Force on Netflix? No. It's an anime it's an anime show. You've probably seen it come up a couple of times. It's all like girls, superhero girls and stuff. It looks a bit like Sailor Moon. Okay. In Japan, that's an animated series called Pre- um, Pretty Cure or something. Yeah. Or Pre-Cure as people call it. You shouldn't have pre in the title. But um, apparently they're in the end credit sequence for some reason. Animated form. Oh. Animated. Just dancing. Apparently that's a crossover thing they did because I think there was a Pre-Cure film with it as well. Hmm. Weird thing. That wasn't on this. I just had the Rear Soldier bit. But um, yeah, fun time. We can't, you know, it's there. If you've watched the shows, watch it. Um, and, you know, I should try and get on watching one of the other shows. Yeah. Um, I haven't finished Carmen Rider Drive yet. <gasps> Carmen Rider's the worst! Anyway, um, you do your last review. you got five minutes. All right, cool. My last review is going to be Days Gone, the PlayStation 5 game from a year ago, because I'm catching up on my backlog. That's why I did sort of ditto. Uh, Days Gone, you play as Deacon St. Clair. poo. I know. It's a poo that comes out your back. Yeah. Uh, you play as Deacon St. Clair, who is a biker who is driving around in, I think it's Oregon. I can't remember. Um, you're driving around doing, doing bits with people during the, uh, during the, not zombie apocalypse, the freaker apocalypse. Freakers. Freakers. Um, so yeah, so a little bit of backstory on this one. So, um, the world has been wiped out. So humanity has essentially been wiped out by a virus that has a hundred percent effective infection rate via bites mm. so there is no one who's immune there's no small percentile that, that might survive it somehow everyone is a potential victim of this um, it originally started so that it was airborne it was produced in a lab and it was airborne 
Um, but then after 2.5 billion people became infected, it mutated, and then suddenly it was only infectious by bites. By that point, anyone who was infected had flu-like symptoms, headaches, and then eventually it led to them mutating into what they call freakers. And freakers are stronger, faster variations of humans. Freakers is, sounds like the name of a song from a new metal band in the early 2000s. Yeah, it, it sounds like a white zombie song. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um, they're they're faster, stronger, um, and they're um, they're more animalistic versions of humans. Aww. Days Gone is, for all intents and purposes, it's a like an, a very low level RPG style game with guns, where you're in third person, you drive around on your bike a lot, you ride a you, bike, you ride a bike a lot, yeah. and then you you take out freakers for people and you do little missions like fetch missions and things like that. Um, one of the, one of the big things about this is the, the tech behind it, uh, which does come with some caveats, which I'll explain a little bit, but one of the things they designed were they designed hordes, mm. which are, you remember world war Z where like, they had like tons of zombies all running down. Yeah. I never watched it. Oh, well, Looks shit. they have, it's not that bad. It's not great, but it's not that bad. Um, they have these roaming hordes. So at night, you'll see like conga lines, essentially. Big, thick conga lines of like 70 or 80 of these infected just traveling across mm. the land. And if you if you disturb the right area, if you go to the right area, if you cause enough noise in the right area, then you can get up to like 300 of these fucking things chasing you around. And it looks incredible. It's the kind of thing that because of the scale and the veracity of these things, mm. it does have a little bit of like a, oh, don't like this. I don't like seeing this. And, uh, and it, you know, that's a great game mechanic. But sadly, there is, like, some technical issues with the game outside of that. Like, hmm. there's some slowdown here and there. It does also make the PS4 sound like it's going to explode. I don't know what it is about the PS4. It's specifically the PS4 Pro that I'm playing it on. But whenever I'm playing a game, that thing starts spinning up. Like, like, probably like, hmm. did it whilst I was playing The Last of Us 2 and did it during this. I think a lot of people complain that the fan does just start going crazy. It's because they push the PS4 to its limit all the time because they're trying to keep up with what the Xbox yeah. One X does. Um, <laughs> I did take my PS4 Pro apart and cleaned hmm. it all to hmm. make sure there wasn't an issue with the insides, there wasn't any dust and stuff, but hmm. it seems fine. You could take out the fan and put a new quieter fan in there. I could take out the really fan and just put ice water in there. Yeah. A little bucket pour, of ice water. No, just pour water in it. Yeah. Straight in. Um, I'm really enjoying this game. Drill a hole in the top, attach a funnel, and just pour no, the no, ice no. water straight in. Just like Marlon Brando's head. I saw one person, I remember years ago when the PS3 came out, someone sticking duct tape over the vents on their PS3 to make sure dust didn't get in it. Oh, and like, you fucking idiot. I know that, you remember that there was that issue with the Red Ring of Death on the, play, on the Xbox 360? That was one of the ways that people... Oh, I only lost like six consoles to that. Oh, really? <laughs> so one of the way that one of the ways that people found out that they could make the processor resolder, because it was a problem with the solder. The solder would essentially melt after mm. like it had been put under load for a long period of time. People were wrapping it in towels and just running it so that it would just constantly be spinning and then eventually it would reseat the solder that, the, <laughs> that everything was attached. It didn't work. No. Sometimes it would work, but I don't think that was linked to a towel being just wrapped around the console. resolder it. No, no. <laughs> just send it back. Because they give a five-year warranty on all those consoles. Yeah, yeah. I sent one back at one point. I sent tons back. Um, I went through seven Xboxes, and my last Xbox was an entirely brand new model I brought, and it died when I disconnected it from the <laughs> thing. I just, uh, I can't be asked. Um, 
But yeah, so Days Gone, and I mean, like, from I think that it's a weird game to be like a big tentpole AAA game for mm. Sony because it was produced by Sony Bend, which is like their own studio, and it's such a niche game idea. <laughs> I don't know how many people. Like, I understand that there'll be people no, that are expecting interested. it to be their next big franchise, a probably. Sequel, I think. Yeah, but like, because I think it sold better than they expected. But it's like. One of the weirdest things are that you've got, um, what's his name? He's the lead character. You've got, um, what is his name? Oh, Duff, Duff. He does all the voices to the Emperor and shit like that now. Peter's, no, um, friggin' Sam Witwer. Yeah, Sam Witwer. Yeah. He's the main character. Ah. And Sam Witwer's an actor. So he's really charming in the cutscenes and like when he's interacting with people. Mm. But as soon as you're playing the game, you're running around as him. They're, they must have had an idea that he's gone insane at some point in the apocalypse. Because when he's interacting with people, he seems a bit jittery, but he has, like, these conversations. And he's still, like I said, he's charming. Hmm. But as soon as you're in, like, the open world and you're walking along, they've got him to record a bunch of lines where he's like, I'm going to kill all the freakers. I'm going to kill them all, like that. And, like, it doesn't really fit. Because this charming guy that you're, like, stuck on a bike with for what I've been told is a 70-hour campaign. I'm, I'm about 30 hours in at this point. It's too long. I know. Um, but, like, you're spending on the side of this guy and he's just talking to himself, making it, he's like... trying to keep himself entertained. repeated dialogue and stuff. Yeah. It just, it seems like a weird choice. What you want is you want to have at least, just, just three lines of dialogue a character keeps saying over and over again. No, you That's want what it to you be like The, the Last of Us. You want to be like EDF, where characters just keep saying the exact same stuff over and over again. No, it's you want great. it to be like The Last of Us. So, like, you have, like... That's too complex. Takes too much time. I just want to hit, oh, yeah, all right. I think that... Whenever they jump, they should go, wahoo. <laughs> Last of Us Part 2 has one of the best um, character interactions with player things going on. Yeah. Because when you're in a room, it's like, oh, what was that? And that's the character telling you they've seen something that you can pick up. Mm. And like when you're done with an action beat, they're like, that seems to be all of them. And then the gun goes away. It's like nice little cues like that. And that could have been really handy in this game because you're so often in an area where like you'll see five zombies. You'll be like, okay, I'll stealth take all these out. And then your radar will blip. There's another one. And it'd be nice if the character said something like, oh, more freakers are coming. But like, you know, just something to yeah, notify. I, just want, I want characters to shut the fuck up in games. Yeah, that'd be nice as well. I freaking remember Bioshock Infinite where it's all like, oh, you kill a whole bunch of people and Elizabeth's like, oh my God, stay away from me, you terrible yeah. violent man. And then she's like, just going to lock a pick a lock here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just got a joke to tell you. It's like, you were freaking out a second ago because blood went on your face. Yeah, that's a weird. That was a weird choice for that game. That, I still love that game. That is ludonarrative dissonance, folks. I'm using a term. Yeah, but surely you could put that down to the fact that there's it's a non-linear timeline. It's non-linear. But no, literally timeline. from in the same sequence. Yeah, I know, but you could always say that she was swapped out at some point. Um, but yeah, Days Gone. I'm I'm loving it. That's kind of the thing. Iklibes. Pardon? Iklibes. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's the German... No, what that? Slowly. No, no, it wasn't. Ich liebe es is the German, is I'm loving it in okay. German. Right. Can you not speak German? No. Oh, danke schön. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm losing it today. Um, but Days Gone, I'm loving it. I'm actually genuinely enjoying this my game. my German from Rammstein. All <laughs> oh, right. I saw them live in Prague. Mm. What weird way of explaining that. You didn't learn German? No. Oh. Or Prague-ish. <laughs> They speak Prague-geese in German. Prague-geese. Yeah. Prague-lazian. Prague. <laughs> so, um, one of the weird things about Days Gone is that, yeah, like I said, it doesn't have mass appeal, so I don't really understand it being a AAA game, but at the same time, I'm so glad this hasn't exists. even got Nolan North in it. No, well, it might do. It might be a yeah, character. Yeah, probably is. Um, Just turns up. I'm so glad it exists. Mm. Like, um, 
that's one of the weird things about it is that this world takes itself very seriously and it's it's fucking like no one really has any humor like i said Samwick was charming in the in the cutscenes and like he is a character you're anchored to so that works really well you're like mm. endeared to him but when it comes to when it comes to like the po face nature of this whole like well i can't help but find myself saying like when I get taken out, I'm like, oh shit. Cause it'll be like, I'm standing there. I've just like done one of the little missions. There's these little missions where you have to go to like one of the little Nero camps, which is like their version of the CDC. And you basically. Cafe Nero. Yeah. You basically go around and you've got a generator and you've got to find fuel or you've got to find fuses. And every one of those missions, what you can do beforehand is if you go and you climb all the buildings and you, you cut the speaker wire, you can prevent the zombies coming because the alarms don't go off. Mm. So I do that before every mission, and then I cut the speaker while like I go and I and I and I basically turned on the generator. And I went, I you get injectors that can put up your health or your stamina or your, like your your focus, mm. which is your slow time shit. Um, and and then I went back to my bike, and I was like, I was like, oh cool, right? I'll go in my saddle bag and I just refill my ammo. Then sat down on my bike, and then suddenly a horde of zombies just came around me, and, and I hit the accelerator. But there are too many, so it's like, boom, 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 and the bike falls over, and I'm dead. What they should do is they should do a zombie game where you have to sneak everywhere, but the main character can't control the volume of his voice. He does turn off the alarm and just goes, "I've killed the alarm now," and then all the zombies are like Rrr. during stealth missions because that generator for like the crazy, like they mm. wanted him to be insane. He'll be in a, st- a stealth mission. And they'll suddenly shout at me like, be like, ah, oh, fucking freakers. Like that. And I'll be like, shut, shut the fuck up, dude. Um, it's just bad programming on that side mm. of things. And like I said, there are technical issues, but I can't help but really enjoy it. I think, I think because. Can you sort your bike out for a tricycle? No, but you can, like, you can buy parts and shit. And, like, you can, like, customize the paint job and, like. Put guns on it. You, you have, like, there's, you constantly need to be checking <coughs> for fuel and stuff. You'll see mm. petrol stations dotted on the maps. And there'll be fuel cans almost everywhere, but, like, Every time you stop in like a little town, it's like a bit of a search mission to try and find fuel. You don't need to do it that often, and because there are villages dotted so often throughout the thing, you never remember really a zombie far. apocalypse game where people just take an electric car. Yeah, like get a solar panel just rigged to the top of an electric car. It takes forever to charge an electric car by a solar panel. It'd be fine. You get yourself some special ones. Yeah, um, but like, like I said, it's the perfect follow-up to The Last of Us Two. I think the moment I put it on, I I told you, didn't I? I, I played it for two hours after I completed Last of Us Part 2. Mm. And I said to you, I was like, I can't, can't do this again. I can't do another zombie game. So I spent three days playing Sword of Ditto and a few games on my Switch. And then I came back to it and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. This is great. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still very much of the mindset. I'm like, I could do this. This is great. I'm going to keep playing until I complete it. Like, mm. it's, it, it feels very much like Far Cry Primal. In that, I loved that game. Everyone else hated it. <laughs> Nobody got the point of it. No one really understood why they did it. But for some reason, I did everything I could in that game. And I, I like when the guy death. calls you piss, man. I just fucking loved it. I, I really couldn't explain why. Because I could see all the flaws that people were talking about. But as soon as I was like crafting spears and taking down mammoths and like shit bows and arrows at people. Like, I think there's... There is something great about being able to like fire an arrow at someone so they're scared. They start running and you can chase them for miles through prehistoric wilderness. Just like as you're about to take them out with your longbow, suddenly a saber-toothed tiger comes out and kills them. There's just something satisfying about that. And playing all the modern Far Cry 5 games, because they're all just guns and running around, like 
you can switch out the protagonist from any of them and it'd be the same fucking game and it's not you can that important. animals in Far Yeah, I know, Cry but Needle. it's just something to do with... Something about guns and shit like that it just makes them all feel so samey. They should do a new Far Cry Blood Dragon, man. Yeah, that'd be good. Blood Dragon 2 would be amazing. But yeah, this feels like Primal. This feels like... It's a niche that, that I'm sort of... I was looking for and didn't mm. realise and I'm loving playing it. Um, everything's really well made and really well put together but it just... It, I don't think it's a it's something that appeals for everyone. And I think if they made a sequel, they could fine-tune it, like they could reduce down the length, make it so there's like... If people want to keep playing after they've done the main plot line, put in like a few fucking like dotted around missions and shit, you know, like give give a little bit extra for the people that want that. You're making games smaller anyway. Um, Too long. And if they perfect that horde technology, if the PS5 can handle more of that, because the graphics on this, it's almost photo-real, like Sam Whip was facing stuff in some scenes... Like, when you're going and doing stuff in-game in the engine, like breaking open car doors, you can see hairs on his hand and, like, the fucking texture of his clothes and pores on his face and it. You're like, graphics don't need to get better. They just need to finesse the way that f- things run. No, you need to have 600 and some of bloody artists working constantly. <laughs> like, one artist who spends six months working on a character's crotch. On what? Just to make sure the crotch looks perfect. You, you, I thought you were going to say the original World of Warcraft. Think and, about like, all those artists who, like... They have to stay at home making sure that CGI characters' bulges are right. They have to work extra hours, not see their family. Those poor heroes. To make sure the crotch bulge is just right. What's the name of the main orc in uh, Warcraft? Or an orc? Which one? The main orc. The main orc? Yeah, the good orc. Um, That was an old grim. I can't remember. (laughs) It's been ages since I watched Warcraft. You like that. Warcraft laws are nonsense. D'Artagnan. No. I mean, that one's Blackhand. I know that one I've got the figure of. Oh, yeah, that dude? Yeah, it's Blackhand. Because he's, he's got a black hand. It's really obvious. Yeah. That's before he got... gets the armour on it. I wish he had the... Does he have the... Oh, he kind of has them. The dragon skulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was... Was it Orgrim Doomhammer? I can't remember. It's been ages since I watched Warcraft. Anyway, yeah, the Days Gone. Version. Days Gone. It's, oh, it's seriously... Day. It's not for everyone, but fuck, it's, it's, it's definitely for me. Like, um... I'll give you a bit Matthew McConaughey. Came around on it. It's doing really well. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's McConaughey since is over, man. He, yeah, no, but it does some really he good stuff. He ended it with a bang, but He's done some really good stuff. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, Serenity. Great. I think it's great. I just Best yeah. film of last year. I think it's I think it's a great game. I just think there is a market for this, and I don't think that selling it on one console was ever going to saturate that market as as they wanted it to. I think it's the same problem that Dead Rising had on the original Xbox 360. It's it's kind of like a tech demo. Mm. Um, in that, like... Yeah, and Dead Rising had the common sense to be set in a small location. It's massive, that mall. It's for not the, that... For the time, yeah, that's huge. You're talking the same year that Grand Theft Auto 4 comes out and stuff. Is it? Yeah. Grand Theft Auto 4 wasn't that big, though. Grand Theft Auto 4 is pretty big. It's not as big as San Andreas, but for an Xbox 360 early game, that's yeah. quite a big map. It's about half the size of the one in um, five, although most of five Death is Rising Two was massive as well, wasn't it? It's bigger, yeah, and it's got more like unique locations that and you it's end up going more to. More zombies on screen as well. Yeah, but I, I got bored of that one. I got bored of all of them. See, I like Dead Rising One and Three. Two was fine. I just I got pissed off because that pre-order mini episode thing. They had like two mini, like areas. there was episode zero, which you yeah. was Xbox Live Arcade games, like four quid. Episode two. Or episode one, there was like a follow-on story where you went to a base. Um, it may have been linked to Dead Rising Three, but yeah, there was basically there was like there was more DLC after the main game, and it just 
like that was the true ending and then mm. they did the same with Dead Rising 4 where there was like you end and then there's another ending which is DLC but Dead Rising 4 just wasn't very good mm. there were a lot of problems with that game I still completed it wasn't but... the fifth one the Christmas one no that's four is it yeah there wasn't a fifth one it was the third one the one that was the one that tried to be a bit serious even though it tried to look serious but it, yeah. came, it was still goofy as all hell so Dead Rising 1 was goofy as all hell. Dead Rising 2 was goofy as all hell. Dead Rising 3 was the one where you play as a mechanic. Yeah. And it was meant to be more like... Basically, they wanted to take it in a more serious direction, but then at the last point, Capcom were like, well, this is what we've made, and Microsoft sort of fell out with them. Mm. And then Dead Rising 4, Microsoft had an exclusivity deal again, but what they wanted to do was do something akin to Resident Evil 7. That's Capcom, not Microsoft. Uh, But then Microsoft were like, no, we want the same thing again. And so I think what we know is Dead Rising 4, Four was made in like two years rather than five. Yeah, because that's the one where you're frank again, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, basically, they wanted to just make it more serious and make it like a proper survival horror, but Microsoft were like, no, 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 Dead Rising should be goofy as all hell. Yeah, it should, but I think that any series should be allowed to take risks. Through running around with a friggin' mega buster gun on your arm. Oh, yeah, they had that, but just, yeah, any any series that wants to evolve and change and break the mould, do it. Just do it with Resident Evil. Give us another Far Cry. Give us another Far Cry Primal. No, make smaller games. Give oh, us another Super Mario 3D World. Far Cry Primal wasn't that big. Oh yeah, 3D World was good. Yeah. I'd say that. Games that size. Wasn't it weird that 3D World fit on, it was fine on the 3DS or on the Wii U? It looked beautiful. Two both. different games. No, same. No, no, two different games. Completely different sets of levels. Completely oh, really? different games, yeah. Same engine. Yeah, fr- there's 3D Land on the 3DS and 3D uh, World on, there's different engines as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're completely different games. Very different. There's oh. more levels on 3D World as well. Yeah? yeah, it's a massive game, but it's not like doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah, I'd like to play that again. Mm. Do you have that on the Wii U? No, because like, they're going to release it on the Switch, aren't they? I don't know. I no one bought games on Wii U. <laughs> I did. Yeah, are you done now? Yeah. Can I end this? Yeah. Can I press stop? That's been Crew Apocalypse episode 138. I've been Matt. You've been Anne. And where they can where can they find you? Oh, they can find you at Crew Apoc- uh, at, at at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Still the most popular Mellow Gaming channel. <laughs> They can also find you on Twitter. Keep track of that. Some little wanker's going to use that name, and he'll have a million subscribers. And then he'll get friggin'. Then then he'll do something like he'll abuse a child, and I'll be the one who gets all the harassment because they'll find my friggin' channel and they oh this must be the guy, and I'll get blamed. So still the most popular metal gaming channel on YouTube, uh, and also on on Twitter under LV fifty four Space Monkey. The burps and still stars. don't know why Doctor Disrespect got banned from Twitch. I reckon he's a pedo. I reckon something bad happened. Yeah, I reckon he's a pedo. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he's touching kids. Yeah, it'd be the sort. Yeah, well, he's thirty-eight. He's the oldest. Like he's the oldest big mainstream Twitch screener streamer, isn't it? Thirty-eight, ancient. How old? Freaking god. Yeah, disgusted. Might as well be dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Crowpocalypse on YouTube and Twitter. Bye. Bye, everyone. Oh, J.K. Rowling wants to. There's put my mouse. Kids in- I can't find the mouse. There you go. J.K. Rowling wants to put kids in gay conversion therapy. <sighs> but to prevent them being trans but I don't think she realises that gay conversion therapy tries to prevent them being anything other than straight and also has a leading cause of suicide in LGBTQ kids it didn't finish off um, Mike Pence did Mike Pence go to gay yeah he went to conversion therapy really? yeah well, that explains it yeah that explains a lot he he admits that he had a, a um, he claims urges but he clearly had a relationship with a man when he was younger isn't it and so- then he went to a convert he went to therapy for it and mm. to to stop him, to pray the gay away. But it when really, you should gay the prey away. It doesn't work, though. No, no, he's closeted as hell. 
Jesus. He might just be a little bit biased. No one has skin like his and they're not friggin' like... He's a, he's a very short, like, weird-looking He man. looks like he's made of plastic. Mm. Whereas Trump looks like he's made of melted plastic. Oh, God, Donald Trump's a fucking scumbag. Oh, he fucks kids as well. He's already admitted to this. I don't know why people are... Shall I use that photo of um, Elon Musk? Would you say Maxwell was the thumbnail for this <laughs> yeah. issue? Yeah. 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 Okay. He doesn't like um, that. One of the things, one of the things that I always, I always said to people is like he admitted mm. to groping kids in a in a teenage beauty queen pageant, and they're like they're like they could have been any age. It's like yeah, they weren't. They were like fourteen to eighteen, maybe. Yeah. He's a pervert. He's a pedo. Anyway, right. stop now. Bye, everyone. Oh, you made us last two hours. God, Ugh. it almost didn't.